This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. This is Thunderpud number two coming to you from the rabbit hole, and I'm proud to present the second volume of the Good News with the Reverend Doctor. I'm going to turn it over now to your co-host, Agent C. Agent C here. Guys, how's it going? It's going. It is good. going, brother. It's going good. Absolutely, man. Welcome back, Rev. Glad to be here. How's your time been, man? It's been great. I can't complain at all. Absolutely. Yep. I know we've got a lot of great <laughs> feedback off the first show. Brother. Hopefully. Oh, I saw just the other day it was somewhere near 150, I believe. Yes. We're, we're pushing 150 Absolutely. for the first episode, yep. man. Yeah. That's that's so insane, yeah. man. That is insane. Congratulations on Absolutely. that, brother. Well, thank yeah. you very much. It's a good show. Um, got a lot of good feedback. Yeah, man, over 150, 11 yeah. subscribers for one episode. Hey, man, yeah. that that's, uh, that's no pretty doubt. damn impressive. Yeah. yeah, Good stuff, man. Hopefully we're going to blow it out of the water again this, week, this, this time on... Uh, Couple of new topics you yep. got on got for us on the board. Yeah. Well, uh, topic uh, first one for today is false flags. Pretty light Some, subject. Yeah. yeah. Very light <laughs> subject. We want to go ahead and dive on into that one then. Well, I was going to get both of your thoughts on false flags before uh, we dive into it. Well, I tell you what, man. Let Let's explain what a false flag is. Let Let's put that out there. Well, the the best definition I can use to explain it, or the one I could come up with, is that the theme is it's the overarching idea of using terror as political theater mm -hmm. in order to garner public support for a cause of some sort. Right. So let me ask you, Reverend, um, I, there has been some false flag, I guess, quote-unquote theories that have actually been proven to be true. Oh, absolutely. This is this, so. This is not just something that is made up. This is something that's been documented. Right. Proven. One of the original ones was the Reichstag fire back during World War II. Are you familiar with that? No, one? Not at all. I've never heard that. No. Well, basically, what it was was it was the Reichstag building in Berlin back in 1933, and it was a fire that was blamed on communists okay. that was used to give uh, Hitler pretext and public support for some of his overarching policies. So that also goes to show that these false flags aren't necessarily an American or United States thing. This this right, goes, no, not even close. Right, right. And that was, I was, if I'm not mistaken, that was that was a very important uh, building as far as uh, German history will. Right. Uh, so it had a huge impact on, on just German culture. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, as far as, you know, this was a, a big attack on us. Right. You know, right. on our history. So it, it really garnered more uh, fuel for yeah. for the cause. Right. Because, like I said, this is new to me. This is, I've never heard of this. This is brand new. So this yeah. is, already I'm fascinated. Well, you know about here. the Gulf of Tonkin? Yes, I do. Yeah, yes. that that falls under the same category as false flags. To, to me, that was actually the first one that I remember. Not not necessarily remember the first one I remember hearing about is the the nine eleven theory yeah. of that, but the Gulf of Tonkin is the first I guess the the furthest back. You know what I'm yeah. saying? In other words, that's the one I remember hearing about that went further back. So even uh, the one you guys are just talking about goes back even further in right. World War Two. So yeah, this is new. To now me. what yeah. was that? I'm not familiar with that. Okay. Right. The Gulf of Tonkin. It was the sinking of an American ship that gave pretext of public support for the Vietnam War. 
Yes. Okay. And that has been documented to be a false flag. Is that is that correct, yes. Reverend? Yeah. Yeah. That okay. one's actually been proven to be a false flag. All right. Now another one that's even that's even further is Operation Northwoods. Are you familiar at all with that with that title, I, I guess? Yeah, I've heard the title but I'm not sure what it is. I have heard of that though, but I'm not sure what it is. Okay, what Operation Northwoods was was it was proposed but it was never executed and this took place back in nineteen sixty two. And it was as I said in the definition, the idea of using terror as political theater to garner public support. Because the the United States government had it out for Cuba at the time. Right. And what they there were documents from that period that have been since declassified that were talking about hijacking planes, <clears throat> uh, sinking a ship in the Caribbean, or a terror attack of some sort that would be blamed on Cuba. Right, to, to help bring us into a war. Right, R to right, rally right. public support right. as pretext for it. Right. See, I have heard of that one. And like I said, when I first, you know, I've heard of false flags ever since, you know, I started going down that 9-11 rabbit hole years and years ago. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I heard of Gulf of Tonkin because they're like, no, this does happen. And it's been documented. And, and here it is. Right. You know? Yeah. It's kind of hard to, you know, turn a blind eye when you hear and see these things. You yeah. know, it's like, it's pretty diabolical. I mean, it really is. Right. Right. There's and, and there were a lot of failed, um, I'll say failed missions for that during that time against Cuba. Uh, oh, lots. Was, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Bay of Pigs is probably the most... I don't even know the number of how many attempted assassinations there were against Castro. Right. Right, through the CIA yeah. and, and probably other... Or he, 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 that, he was unkillable. Know. You're yeah. right, man, yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, the only thing that got him was finally, I guess, was cancer that got him? Finally. I think so. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, oh, no human... Like with the, with the, you know, with the, the, the failed uh, attempted uh, bombings that were... Right. Up, you know that that were supposed to be you know placed on the Cubans, right? You know to blame them for that never went through. Um, God, there was so much stuff. Yeah, man. that just never never made it out or or never got uh, accomplished. Right, and, and you know, man, it also makes you wonder how much stuff does get accomplished that we just never hear about. You know, I mean, that's mm -hmm. what really kind of blows my mind is just the stuff that we don't know. Right. You know. Well, there's four subcategories that fall under this, I guess. And false flags doesn't even have a more specific name than that. That sounds like a term someone just invented, I right. guess, which it is. Sure, right. But one of the things it can do is create <clears throat> psychological support for a planned war. Of course, like we already talked about, like with the Gulf of Tonkin, right. uh, pave the way for a less democratic form of government, like the Reichstag fire. Mm -hmm. Right. Another one. To consolidate a government when its power is dwindling. Because you know how they say nothing rallies a people like a common enemy. Absolutely. And the fourth one is to defame an enemy by blaming an attack on them. Exactly. Right. Which is what we basically got with these other false flags. It seems like that's, you know, definitely always the end result. Yeah. You know. was, there a, was there a point that this never worked as, as far as in history? That there was there was a setup for that false flag that it kind of backfired. Oh, that's a good question. You mean as so in so far as being found out before it happened, right? Or, or e even during you know e even during the initial, it's like okay, this uh, we're, we're not we're not buying this. Well, if you if you buy into everything you read online, mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of what's going on right now with the advent of YouTube and with 
uh, Infowars social media and everything right, is right, because right. a lot of the the not just terror attacks but school shootings and things that go on now it, false flag is immediately thrown out at almost everything that happens yeah, within a few I, hours. I agree with yeah. that. Yes, and it's it's sort of hard to tell because. A lot of so much of it's just conjecture in the first place. Exactly. I mean, it's you know, you brought up Sandy Hook, and I think that's a great example of how these false flags. Because you know, I, I personally don't believe that was a false flag. You right. know what I'm saying? I believe that was a legit situation. You know, but you know, right off the bat, you know, that's why I got Alex Jones in so much trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, he started, and you know, Alex Jones. I used to watch him a lot, mm-hmm. you know. I've, I got out of him probably about eight years ago. He just got. I'm gonna jump old. into Alex Jones later this time. Okay, great, great. <laughs> I've got plenty to say about him. Yeah, because um, I always just, you know, I always kind of looked at him more as entertainment. It's we, definitely. Is. It's entertainment. Um, it's almost Jerry Springerish to me, you know, to a certain degree. Even going back to like Rush Limbaugh. You know, sure. How he was he was kind of on that other side of that that entertainment type of you know over the top sure. character. I think Rush is a little bit more on the level though, as far as just overall. Oh, wow, you, I don't you know. know about back then. <laughs> back then, that was. I mean, when I saw Alex Jones for the first time, I swear I thought, "Holy, holy shit!" You know, mm-hmm. Rush Limbaugh has has an age to bit. <laughs> And he's uh-huh. actually turned over to the you know other side. Bill Hicks is I, I good. swear right. to God. Yeah. I swear to yeah. God. I was about yeah. to say, hey, Bill Hicks is still yeah. here. He made a hell of a comeback from cancer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for real. I swear to God, I was just about to say yeah. that. First time I saw Alex Jones, hey, Bill Hicks is still around. Yeah. Have you heard that conspiracy agency that that Alex Jones is actually Bill yeah. Hicks? Have yeah. you heard that? Yeah, I did. That that that's a good one, brother. So now yeah. with with Sandy Hook and Columbine gets lumped in with this also, but really most of the school shootings. Is do you buy into there's anything to that? Insofar as the that there's a pretext or a vested interest within some sect or branch of the deep state to push gun control. Oh, absolutely, and, absolutely. You know, there's a quote that I honestly don't know the original person who said it. I keep wanting to quote George Orwell, but there's like a fifty percent chance it's somebody else because mm-hmm. I can't find the original source of it, but. It's that freedom doesn't die with a gunshot or explosion. It dies with thunderous applause. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Actually, that's from Star Wars. Is it really? <laughs> yes, it is. It's from it? uh, Revenge of the Sith. I think that it was but one I've seen. Taken, it was taken from. From, from yeah, the, from the, the okay, yeah. you know, me yeah. being the geek that I am, that's the only time yeah. I've heard that was Okay, it was one I'd seen as a meme, I believe, on Facebook somewhere. <laughs> right. And it didn't have who said it, but I kept drawing back to it because you would see this replicated every couple months right. with but, a new image. But it's the truth. No, I, it's absolutely, I, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true, yeah. you know. Um, that's and, and i tell you something else I was going to say, like with the Sandy Hook and these school shootings. You know, I personally, myself, personally, I don't believe these are orchestrated. I, I think that these things just happen. That That's me, my yeah. opinion. But I do think there are people out there who will take any tragedy and run with oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? An opportunity. Yeah. They don't look at it as tragedy as yeah. much as opportunity to yeah. push those agendas, like gun control. Yeah. It, I mean, going back to Columbine, I mean, you know, that, that was something that certainly happened. Sure. But, you know, and, and they tried to... Uh, run with the fact that okay this is this you've got video games this is what's causing music this. music this is what's causing you know, this yeah. you know all this you know and it, and it really just for agenda's sake oh sure you know that, that they take it and and cling on to these things and, and will run with it and and try to push for 
one agenda or the other. Never yes. let a tragedy go to waste. Right, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. That's it, man. Yeah. And I think that is just so terrible. Yeah. I mean, I really do because, you know, when that Sandy Hook thing happened, you know, I had to uh, unfollow a lot of people on my Facebook because, I mean, people right off the bat started politicizing it, mm-hmm. you know, on both sides of this thing, man. I'm mm-hmm. not just picking on one yeah. side or the other, you know. I'm going yeah. on both. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, people. Right. I'm like, y'all, the bodies are still warm. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. and I'm like, they're already, and I'm not talking about like political people, you know, that we all know. I'm talking about people I know personally, yeah. like, you know, people that work at, you know, fucking Walmart and shit, you know, not putting down work at Walmart. I'm just no. saying that these are not political experts and they immediately right. jump mm-hmm. on it on both sides. Man. Yeah. yeah. Social media has been, one of the, I, I, I'm not even going to say it's been one of the best and worst things. It's just been one of the worst things, period. Dude, I, I tell you, man, I, I know me and you, Reverend, we've actually talked a little bit about social media. Whereas, you know, I think you you like to kind of see how it's evolving, you know, and mm-hmm. how everything's going. And it, it hurts my feelings so bad that sometimes I literally just got to unplug. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, my God, you people are killing me. You know, it's just so negative. I just, you, you know. I, I don't think I, I let social media bother me as, as much. I know it, it gets to you. Yeah, it does. A lot. It gets to, to me. To where yeah. you have to, like. Get the hell away from it. Have you you seen the article that it's been circulating around and pops up every few months for the last six months or so? But it's about this. How how would I say it? It's this study that's been done where people are saying as a as a trend that within the conservative movement they're going. I'm owning libs by getting my family and friends to hate me on social media and unfollowed. Right. And right. that that's the ultimate yeah. sign that you're you're owning libs. Yeah, yeah that yeah. you got right. them, man. Yeah. That is right there. Yeah. And dude, I see that, too. I mean, you know, you see it. Yeah. It, it. It amazes me. You know, I think I think on your uh, site or on your page, Rev, you've actually, or people's actually said, watching society crumble in real time. Right. And, and I think there's a lot to that. Yeah. I really do. And I, I think that's what hurts my feelings because I do like Western society. <laughs> really do yeah. you know yeah. i enjoy yeah. mcdonald's yeah. you know exactly. I, I don't like starving you know I like. yeah <laughs> but it, it's a trip man you know and, and i wonder if these kind of going back to our original subject matter man and false flags and stuff like that is what's leading us in these directions man you know i just you know in other words manipulation yeah i think there's been a conditioning that's been done over the last century where people if if they saw security cameras on every corner in every house, we've been conditioned through movies, through books, to see that as that's a sign of totalitarianism. Sure, right. But if you make somebody want something, they th- through yeah. through behavioral conditioning, whether you use that through media or whatever, then people will buy into things. Shit, yeah, man. I mean, we always hear about 1984 and the surveillance state and everything. Well, who would have thought that we? are the surveillance state within ourselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're the ones with the cameras. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're capturing everything in society. I mean, and and we want to do it. That that trips me out, man. That's, I, that's I think the about grand, shit like that. You, but, know? you know, that's the grand irony of social media, I think, is that if, how we, how I was just talking about, if you put a camera on every corner um, and introduce all these overarching policies to take away people's privacy, they're going to reject it. Right. But if you give someone a platform like social media and put it under the guise of vanity, people will willingly shed their privacy. They'll yeah. give you anything. Absolutely, yeah. man. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, and, and it also kind of always boils down to that you know, old saying, well, if you don't have anything to lose or anything to hide, then why, why bother? Or why does it matter? And I'm over here like... Bullshit. That's bullshit! <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, if you're not hiding anything, it's like, well... 
Man, what does that mean? Because right now that can mean maybe drugs, maybe mm -hmm. things like this. But what's it going to mean in a generation? Your religion? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, really, your your political affiliation, well, yeah. your health, you know, your health history. I mean, you know, these things can come back. Well, hell, man, if you'd have told me, private citizen isn't a another thing. Well, well look, and, and, you know, without and, for sure. And think about some of these employers out there now. There's certain people they won't hire you if you have a bad credit score. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some places want your login information for your uh, social media. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dude, if you would have said that. Like ten years ago, but like, man, that's crazy. Nobody yeah. will ever go for that. Yeah. But this is also the drug testing society as well. If you'd have told somebody back in the damn fifties that you had to piss in a cup, but man, that you can't. That's too what? invasive, man. Yeah. Now it's you know it's, it's accepted, it's, brother. Yeah. It's encouraged. Yeah. Yeah. That's how crazy that is now. Yeah. You know, but yeah. Yeah, it's standard. It's yeah. the standard, and that was my own thing. It's like, well, it starts with the drug test, yeah. which you can understand that. That does make logic for certain jobs. Right. I mean, you know, if you're dealing with heavy equipment or you know, security, money, things like this. But why the hell do you need to pass a drug test to work at Walmart? I, I'm just saying, you know, or McDonald's. I think because our generation was the genesis of the Internet as what it is now, uh, a household thing, right. that we're just now coming to understand the ramifications of it, where everything we ever did online is going to come back at some point. It's always there. You know, whether whether it's... <laughs> Next year, or whether it's uh, a know, decade, your fifties or your sixties, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. there's going to be ways to reintroduce all the shit you put on MySpace <laughs> yes, back in the day. Yeah, for seriously though, yeah. man, once it's in cyberspace, it's there forever. Right. It's always there. Yeah, well, you can always bring it back. You know, I guess. Well, I mean, you look at it this way with with drug testing. Right? It really, really just got. Kickstarter in the nineties. That was really when I started. Well, so I that's would say when I started. Probably a fallout from the war on drugs. The the Reagan era. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure, absolutely, man, absolutely. Which yeah. was, you know, let's face it. And I know we're we're definitely off subject <laughs> here. Yeah. Which is that's kind of how we operate, though. We tend yeah. to go all over. The, we will ring. We will come back, back to around. It, yeah. We, I mean, even, yes. even 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 linking that with the false flag. You know, that whole war on drugs thing. Uh, yeah, I, I, mean, I can see that. Well, hell, the CIA was bringing it in. Of course they were. <laughs> I mean, you start this war on something... That you can't have a war with. <laughs> there ain't nobody in Harlem with an airplane. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know? Or I just have this embodiment so, of drugs yeah. with a machine gun, yeah. you know, like so all honestly, drugs together, yeah, you know. So Come honestly, on, you know, that's probably one of the biggest false flags we've ever seen. You know, in our generation. Was the war on drugs. And, you know, just talking about how that goes back into more financial areas. Well, look at all these labs to get these kickbacks, or get, excuse not kickbacks, but get straight up paid to do these drug tests. Yeah. Right. There you go, man. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to do if there wasn't a war on drugs? Hell, they would never, they wouldn't make a dime. A lot of people would go out of business. Absolutely. <laughs> man, I'm surprised some of these places even get people to work for them. I mean, I think the drug test for some places I've been around should require you to be on fucking drugs before you go to work in some of these yeah. places. I'm just one of the, one of the things I always bring up to people when they're talking about the war on drugs, even though this is like a total side topic from what we're talking about, but how I say, stop trying to make everything make sense Yeah, in that way that of course it doesn't make sense for there to be overall, all these overarching policies about marijuana and some of the more, Harmless drugs. Well, sure. any drug, I guess, because, you know, I don't even go the 
the soft drug route because I say that it's really not anybody's business what an adult wants to put in their body. I agree with that. Because if you don't have that right, then what is liberty in the first place? Exactly. I mean, when when the nanny state can tell you what you can and cannot put in your own body. Yeah. And then, you know, you always hear the argument, Reverend, of people saying, well, you know, when people are on drugs, they, they may commit more crimes. They may, you know, get on the road. Well, I'm like, well, there's laws for that. Yeah. You know, if you get fucked up and you go hit somebody, uh-huh. that's assault, man. You go to jail for that. Right. You know, the thing you- I say is that, of course, it doesn't make sense for you, but it makes perfect sense for them. For them. Because if they legalize everything, there's a lot of people who are going to go unemployed. Oh, absolutely, right. Bureaucrats. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, man. Just yeah. think about all the red tape you got to go through. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's what it really boils down to. You know, uh, Reverend, you are talking about things making sense. To me, I would take it just a, a half a step further and be like, just think about the kickbacks, the money. Then it does start making sense. Mm-hmm. You know, why would we have a war on drugs? Because a lot of people are getting paid. Yeah. Period. Well, hell, it doesn't make sense to take an 18-year-old kid just starting off to college and saddle them with a lifetime of debt. Debt. But it makes perfect sense for the banks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they would prefer it that, that way. That, that's yeah. what they want. That's their yes. bread and butter, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the same thing with an 18-year-old kid, or hell, let's even take it 14, 15, gets caught with a joint, and then they go to jail, and, I mean, their life's ruined. Yeah. And, and you know... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, man, let's get back on But but anyway, that's what I'll close that point with is (laughs) don't try to have things make sense because a lot of things don't make sense if you think about it in that way. Logically. (laughs) But they make total sense when you think about it that what the United States has evolved into is a network of bureaucrats and big businesses. Big business. You know what, and and I know we do got to get back on subject, but just to kind of add to that point of something I was reading here about a year or so ago with the electric car, or I'm sorry, the uh, self-driving cars, Mm -hmm. a lot of local governments are really lobbying to get those things banned. You know why? Because most of their income comes from DUIs in their their communities. Right. So if you have self-driving cars, DUIs go away. Well, there goes your your biggest revenue source right yeah. there. Ain't yeah. that a motherfucker? Yeah, that's a motherfucker. Yeah, they would yeah. rather people go out here and get DUIs and possibly kill people mm-hmm. than to allow these self-driving cars to have all the funding and all the you know necessary resources they need, which could save lives. But it's going to like fuck I said, them. it doesn't make sense, <laughs> but it makes total sense. Logically, no sense. Financially, perfect sense. Yes. Right, you know. So to leap back in, to <laughs> circle this thing back to around. the original topic. Do you now going back before nine eleven? Because you said that was the first one yes. that you really remember, right? Do you think Oklahoma City was a false flag? Oh, you know, Reverend, I, I don't know. I can't really say either way because I've never really looked that deep into the subject matter. What uh, about you? I think, <clears throat> honestly, I, I think that was. I feel that that was one of the things that was uh, was probably partially um, legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, we had never seen anything like that before. Right. Uh, but as far as the total amount of damage done, mm-hmm. I don't know that I see it happening. From that, right, right. I've been researching it pretty heavily mm-hmm. in the build-up to this show, and the overall opinion I've come to with regard to Oklahoma City is that it may have been legitimate as far as, um, or not legitimate, but it was authentically done right. in that sense, but it was something that the government knew was going to happen somewhere 
in some place over the past uh, decade and a half right. before that. Right. They just didn't know when and where, and they but they knew it was going to happen. They were going to use it to their advantage. Right. And they used it to crack down the militia movement. Because I remember that, Reverend. You know, it's funny you bring up the militia movement because I remember that was huge. It was, yeah, it time. was. Because I had just started getting into that stuff myself at that time. Same. Because this was around about the time I was hearing um, William Cooper. You know, I know mm-hmm. we talked about William Cooper at the, on the last show. And this was around about the time. So I started getting heavily into the militia mm-hmm. stuff. And then that happened. Uh, what was that guy's name? Tim? Uh, McVeigh. McVeigh. McVeigh, yes, sir. I remember he was really highly connected to these militias. And Allegedly an MK Ultra victim also. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Really? No, I never yeah. heard that. I never yeah. heard that. But it's just funny you brought that up because I do remember how much heat was on the militia movement. Because it was everywhere. I yeah, mean, and a lot of it had been growing or sort of bubbling under the surface ever since the early 1980s. Right. Really before that, but that was sort of a, a pinnacle of when there had been a lot of uh, people from the top down looking into it saying that this is something we're going to bust up. Right. And it's starting to garner a lot of public support. And what it sort of originates from is that the Pacific Northwest during that period in the early 1980s has, to, you know what, to sort of scale back from that, that when people talk about the, the Deep South, like, you know, the Southeast and Texas, right. There's this perception that it's the most racist part of America. Oh, God, yeah, Mm -hmm. man, yeah. And I'll always tell people, go, no, that's kind of bullshit because the Pacific Northwest is. And there's a reason why. We were literally talking about that this morning. This morning, we were literally just talking about that. Do you know the specific reason why? No, that I don't, know. Okay, it's because during the 1960s, when the South was forcibly integrated, the most hardcore all went to the Pacific Northwest, oh, really? to Idaho and Montana. Oh, so that. it became a haven for militias. Right. Now that I did not know. I, yeah, I didn't was talking this morning. New York was another one that was small, but it, it, it basically moved from the south up to New York right. around that area. Right. But yeah, the biggest one it is definitely up in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, I mean, Idaho, Montana, just, Wyoming, Idaho especially. It's, right. Uh, it's always been a haven for you know groups and uh, subsects like the Aryan Nations and mm-hmm. right. ones like that. Well, isn't Oregon a pretty big, yeah, pretty big state as well? Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing that a while back because I was, you know, I hate to say it, but I was always kind of like what you were just talking about. I was like, well, those groups are all in the South. You know, you think of the Klan, you, you mm-hmm. know, you think of stuff like that. And then I remember the first time I heard that like Oregon, one of the most liberal states in the Union, was actually one of the biggest states That's that right. had Aryans. Mm-hmm. I, I was kind of kind of blew my mind. But you know, Reverend, something you said on your Facebook page one day, and I've used this. I've qu- hell, mm-hmm. I've quoted you a lot. To be completely honest with you, I'd expect no less. <laughs> <laughs> but man, you said something about the South one time, and and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you said something to the point of the South is pretty much 20 minutes outside of every major city. In the oh country. hell yeah, yeah. I, and I that I really never heard that, and that really struck a oh, bell. Oh, I think the yeah. way I actually said it was. <clears throat> Rednecks aren't a southern thing. No. Rednecks are something you find in the immediate, really the immediate hour outside of any major city. Right. Right. Yeah. That was it, man. Because I know when I was doing some uh, traveling for my job, I would go into some of these northern states and be like, Jesus, man, this yeah. is just as country, if not more country right. than Lincoln. And, yeah. you know, man, that, we're, we're country as hell. You're going <laughs> to find a Gastonia. Or yeah. outside every major city. Yes, I remember man, going yes. Pennsylvania one of the first times I ever went to Pennsylvania. There are like so many rednecks out there. I was oh, like, hell yeah. holy crap, you know, what, mm-hmm. what's going on here? This is, whoa, this, this is stuff we don't even do. In man, the most camouflaged trucks I've seen in my life were in Illinois. 
at that place yeah, I right. worked at for that week. I went up there. I had a job in Illinois. Man, I saw more camo trucks. I was like, God damn, am yeah. I in Waynesville? I mean, because that was right. the other. That was the second most I've ever seen was in Waynesville one time. I'm like, damn, everybody's got a camo truck. Yeah. Hell, man, that place up in Illinois blew them out of the water. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, man, getting back on point here. <laughs> okay, Oklahoma City. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, Oklahoma City being used as the pretext to attack the militia movement. What mm-hmm. do you think about that? I can absolutely see it. Absolutely. I can see because, it. Because, I mean, you, you had, especially, you know, like Waco and Ruby Ridge at that time. I think they saw... Those were both leading up to it that sort of increased the climate of paranoia. Yeah. Right. I, I think they were they were coming increasingly alarmed uh, yeah. as far as, you know, the... Uh, well, see, you say, you say militias, just the groups that, that were anti-government and that could actually cause a lot of uprising well, against, yeah. you know... Well, like the their, branch, their stature. Right. Like the Branch Davidians, you know, because that was one of the first groups that I remember that, you know, had a lot of, what's the word? Well, I guess the, the way that situation played out, there was a lot of anti-government sentiment going mm-hmm. on. Yes. And, and that was one of the first times I really remember that happening. Well, a big part of what I was talking about where I said that this was something that they knew was going to happen, they just didn't know the time and place, was because McVeigh followed the format of the book The Turner Diaries to a T in the Oklahoma City attack. They even found a copy of it in his truck. Now, I'm not familiar with that. Okay. The Turner Diaries, it was a book that was written under a pseudonym. Uh, It was credited to Andrew McDonald, I believe, but it was actually by the white nationalist William Luther Pierce, um, who was the head of the National Alliance back in the day. And the book is sort of like, the way I always describe it is sort of like the white nationalist Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Because (laughs) that sounds like a funny way of describing it, but what I mean by that is it's always called uh, a really idiotic piece of fiction. Yeah. Because when you pick it up and read it, I've actually read it before, and it reads like, um, you know, something a pissed off 14 year old kid would write in Uh, detention. Gotcha. But what it actually is, is it's a fully fledged, uh, really fleshed out piece of philosophy. Disguised as a piece of idiotic fiction. Is it like a manifesto or something? Or? To an extent, okay. what it's about is to really roughly sum it up, because I mean, I'm not going to dive deep into the plot or anything like that, but it's essentially about um, a partisan movement that forms around the idea that Jews have taken over and infiltrated the government at the okay. highest level. And so what we have is what's called, uh, the federal government's called ZOG, or the Zionist Occupied Government, which is a term that you see white nationalists use a lot. Right. But it's basically the idea that Jews have taken over the government Mm -hmm. at the highest level and they have an axe to grind with white people in general. And they're progressively weeding white people out through policies like uh, immigration increase, through encouraging um, uh, Racial mixing, I guess, with, right. with other races, with promotion right. of homosexuality, things like that. Got you. That right. all these groups are puppets of the Jews at the highest, ah, highest up level. I see, I so see. a partisan movement forms around that, and a guy whose name is Turner uh, attacks a federal building. Oh, I see. Yeah. And it kind of play or goes along with the events. Yeah. And okay. the so what McVeigh did was essentially follow the book. I see. And, uh, yeah, kind of use it as his uh, game plan. I, yeah, I guess. Well, you know, and it's a very well respected like book within the militia movement. And if you go to any gun show you go to, 
you're going to find some guy at a table somewhere who's got they copies of it he's selling. Right. I tell you, you know, well, there you go again. I mean, it was found. You know, I'm going to put the quotes. You know, yeah. The quote, quote fingers. Quote. It was found in his car. Yeah. Yeah. Quote, quote found. Found. Right. And who knows? And how, what else? Yeah. What else was in there? Uh, oh, oh my God. What was it? God, that? let's see. Um, wasn't the t shirt he was wearing, it said Six Semper Tyrannus, uh, which means, as always, to tyrants? Right. So, no, I didn't hear that either. Yeah. You yeah. know. You know, it's funny because we're talking a little bit about the anti-sentimentism within that movement. Well, you know, when I first got into these conspiracy theories, and I guess, man, it's about 91, 92, something like that, um, I mean, I, I hit them pretty hard. Mm -hmm. And I was actually uh, given a newspaper called The Spotlight. Have you heard of The Spotlight? Are you familiar with this newspaper? I'm sure I am. I've heard uh, of it. Have you heard of it? That well, rings a bell, but not like a really recent one. It sounds like something from back in the day. Uh, yeah, this was back, like I said, man, late 80s, early 90s. Well, um, you know, he turned me on to it, so I got a subscription to it. Well, man, I started reading through the first you know, first uh, volume I got, very anti-Jewish, man, very. I oh, mean, to course. the point to where I was like, okay. And, I, I mean, I was a kid, man. I'm still like 16, 17 <laughs> yeah. years old. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, I mean, All it's right. like, what am I reading here? Because, you know, they would have some, like, you know, Illuminati-type stuff in there, you yeah. know, some of the uh, New World Order, quote-unquote, New World Order mm -hmm. stuff, you know, that stuff that that was what interested me. Then they started talking about some of the Zog stuff, yeah. you know, the Zionists and stuff. And I'm like, ooh, right. yeah, so you I'm know, a, yeah. So, I, so I'm going to tell you a joke, which is actually a story, but it, it's it's humorous to me anyway. I don't know who else is going to find it humorous. But, you know, if you've hung around enough uh, food hoarders, doomsday preppers, uh, militia types like that, which I have, I've hung out with a lot of them, you know that when they say globalist, Usually, not always, but usually, what they mean is Jew. Right, right, right. 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 Yeah, that, that's what they yeah. refer to. Yeah. Correct, yeah, right. So, there was uh, an Army Navy surplus store that was owned by these uh, two guys who were both uh, doomsday preppers. Right. And what I what I would like to do is about once a month or every two months or so, I'd go for a couple hours and just hang out and shoot the shit with these guys and talk conspiracy theories, sure. talk everything. Kind of see what they're thinking. Yeah. You know, right. So, <laughs> I can't almost tell this story with a straight face, but uh, anyway, they had a stack, they had a stash in the back of, you know, you would have your, your weapons up front in the glass case, like uh, uh, retractable knives, right. uh, brass knuckles, things like okay. that. But then they have a separate room in the back where they keep of, the good shit? Yeah, yeah, where they keep the really good <laughs> weapons. So, uh, I'm not I'm not going to say exactly what it was, but um, when we when they they go, you know, do you want to come back and take a look at some of the shit we got back here? I go, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. So I go and I take what I'm going to buy, and they say, uh, well. You know that a lot that all this stuff is becoming progressively more and more illegal, and what we've got up front, it's about to become more illegal. Right. I said, "Well, that's cool because you know I'm, I saw this switchblade here. I'm wanting to get." And they go, "Well, brother, you know you need to load up on as many uh, weapons of any kind you can get because uh, one day, probably pretty soon, the globalist, you know, uh, which quote unquote, they're, yeah, they're going to kick down your door and they're going to take right. all your weapons. Right. And so I'm thinking to myself, was well, this, you know, uh, switchblade going to keep you safe from the global? <laughs> oh, you, you know. <laughs> so what, this, yeah. this ain't a fucking musical from the 50s, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Get that slingshot, too. <laughs> Goddamn, why not? <laughs> yeah. 
But you know, man, I actually have a, a friend, well, a mutual, well, I have a friend, and we have a mutual friend. And this guy started getting into sort of the militia movement. Uh-huh. And you know, man, let me let me just preface this with, I don't think there's anything wrong with these movements. So no, as far, I don't think, I, I don't think Fundamentally speaking. Now, yeah. once you start getting into this, you know, anti-Zionism, mm-hmm. that's the stuff where I yeah. start drawing the lines. Like, okay, look, man, you know, this can't become a racial thing. This can't become anti-Semitic. Right. You know, you know we're, we're looking more about, quote-unquote, tyranny, you know, or, quote-unquote, Keeping the government in check. For a lot of people, those two things are synonymous, though. It is, man. It it truly is. And that's, I think that's scary, myself personally, you Mm -hmm. know. To me, it's always about just keeping the government in check, man. Just keeping the powers that be in check. Just make sure that they know, quote, unquote, don't trade on me. That was always kind of my thing with it. But anyway, this friend of of mine, you know, we have a mutual friend. He started getting in pretty tight with these guys. So my friend started hanging out some with him, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Straight up Nazis, man. I mean, yeah. straight up. We, I mean, straight up. We were right. talking one day, and I was asking, "Say, man, you ever see so and so anymore?" And he's like, "Yeah, dude. I don't go around them people anymore." I'm like, well, you know, because I hadn't really seen these guys right. in, in mm-hmm. years, you know. And he told me, he's like, "Yeah, we went and we went camping or something." He was like, "Dude, these other people showed up, straight up swatches on their necks, uh, shit like that." Yeah, and he yeah. was like, "Dude, he got the fuck out of Dodge, man. It hasn't been back." That was it. I think it it is so strange. That's scary shit, man. It is. It's so strange. And and a lot of these people, (coughs) you know, believe this, that that, that the Jews are in control of everything, and they're coming, you know, for everything that they have. I just don't think that that they can handle the fact that, that, no, these are your people in control of everything, and these are your people (laughs) that are coming for your stuff. Right. And and they refuse to accept that. I want to interject just for a second. I want to I want to draw back from the stuff about uh, Jews and Zionists for, <laughs> yeah, just, sure. for just a minute because with, with our subject for the next hour, I'll, we've got some material for right. that. Okay, right, but right. One thing I wanted to go into to get back on topic because this is a big subject that you can't talk about false flags without is the subject of agent provocateurs. I have no idea what that is. Okay, do you know? No. no. Okay, well, what an agent provocateur essentially is is You'll see. Uh, have you ever heard the idea that when people talk about the the clan, for example, that there's a saying that what the clan is now is it's twenty guys and who don't realize that ten of them are cops or FBI agents. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Seems yeah. legit. Yeah, yeah. That's essentially what go. an agent provocateur is. Yeah. Oh, <clears throat> an okay. agent provocateur okay. is undercover assets who are from one governmental body or another. It might be yeah. local or state police, it might be FBI, CIA, whatever. But what they basically are are undercover operatives or state actors. And the overall idea of what an agent provocateur is, is it's to encourage the more sheepish members of groups to commit violence in order to sour the public on them. I see, I see, okay. And, you know, this isn't just uh, right-wing or Nazi or Klan groups. This is really all of them. Right. Like, right, right. there's agent provocateurs within Antifa, Antifa right now. If you don't think that. there is, you're crazy. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. um, if you go back to the 1960s within the Black Panther movement, within acid culture or sure. the hippie movement, um, hell, within cults, hell, even most uh, mosques you would see now. <laughs> sure. There's agent provocateurs in all of them. Right. I, I was ex- going back to Ruby Ridge. I mean, I know at least one. Yeah. Oh, really? And I think, man, that that seems logical to me, that you're going to have these people to to aggravate it. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. But to actually try to, I guess, get public opinion swayed against these groups. Or for them. 
I guess, or maybe form, depending yeah. on what's going right. on. You know? And a part of what I think is this question always comes up over and over again when you're talking about agent provocateurs is whether is the government right wing and trying to push uh, trying to push a right wing agenda, right. or are they left wing and trying to push Vice an agenda? Versa. And part of that is I don't think you can really say that because you know it's stupid to say that the deep state is liberal when you go back and look at the 1980s era with oh, uh, yeah. with the anti-communist movement with Reagan with the support for Israel sure. with everything like that and then it's also stupid to say it's inherently conservative when you look at the anti-Trump movement yeah within the deep state and the media right now the easiest way i can put it is i think that the nature of it is it's whatever is advantageous to it at a given time at that time Right. Yeah. Right. For whatever. In other words, man, it's fluid. Yeah. yeah I don't think know. that there's a set agenda that it's, they've always been trying to push or anything. It's more. How would I say this? It's more sort of like. Um, Is it maybe just trying to keep it between the lines. You, you know, in other words, if it starts going one way to the I left. Think, I think at the core it. that any time any group of any nature starts acquiring too many followers or somebody yeah. starts getting too influential yeah they send in assets whatever direction they happen to fall in right to, to keep anything from getting too out of hand on either side yeah in other words to keep the system going, moving, moving and in check moving. yeah right. yeah because yeah. i tell you i'll give you an example i know when the tea party first started you know a lot there's a there's this misconception that the tea party started as an anti-obama thing Right. Man, it was going on it with didn't. Bush. Yeah, yeah. Bush uh, Jr. or W. was in office when it started. Yeah. And then, man, it just grew, and then it started getting corruptible. Mm-hmm. I think this is mm-hmm. the same thing with Occupy Wall Street or even the Black Lives Matter movement. I think once these things started getting traction yeah. and started getting quote-unquote popular, yeah. let's send them in, let's shut them down. What's the best way to shut something down? Let's make it extreme right. mm-hmm. where the average everyday American yeah. is going. Because I'm, t- I'm telling you what, man, I don't know anybody who's going to be for your cause if you block my fucking road. Right. If I'm yeah. trying to get back from work or, you know what I'm saying, I'm trying yeah. to live my life, you block my road, man, that's going to make me want to vote against you. There no were, matter how much I agree with you. There there was you know? there, there was footage that came up, and there's been a lot of YouTube videos about it from some of the police protests over the last uh, several years where somebody would get shot in one of the cities, like whether it was Ferguson right. or... Charlotte. Yeah, even Charlotte. Yeah, wherever. Yeah. <clears throat> and there would be footage of people within the mob or the crowd jumping and attacking people. Right. And what it came out to be was that these people who were getting attacked were cops. Right. And the reason why is that they were in plain clothes and they had started doing property damage uh, for cameras and they got found out that people were saying these guys are agent provocateurs. Yeah. I've actually heard that right. from both sides. I've actually heard that with like some of the Black Lives Matter movements and I also heard that with some of the Trump rallies and stuff as yeah. well. Yes. And it seemed now now Reverend correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't one of those examples have something to do with the sh- the boots? That some of these people were like they were government issued boots or something. I've heard a guy say that you can always tell them by work boots just because right. when you work a job like that for so long that you don't think to you don't think to not fit in with your right. footwear. Right, right. Yeah. exactly, man. You just yeah. put them on, you go out, and it's like, well, wait a minute, man, those are government issued, or yeah, exactly. But I have heard yeah. that, and that makes sense to a degree because you don't want any one group. Well, you, you don't want to offset the balance of the, of the system. Right? You know, part of the reason why I talked about uh, scaling back from Alex <laughs> Jones for a minute is because there's a lot of shit that suggests he's an agent provocateur. I've heard himself. that. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard he he may be one. I've heard Joe Rogan. You know, I'm a fan of Joe. I'm yeah. a Bropra, as they call him. Yeah. I, love, I love that scene. Man, yeah. that's so on point. There's a lot yeah. within the 
with it within the far right, uh, David Duke has always been yes. accused of being the one. The one I really think now that's blatant and obvious to me is Richard Spencer. Really, really. Now I haven't really. Well, been when you see up. a guy who's that clean cut looking, who has some sort of unlimited type travel budget, like he has to go to every rally yeah. going on in the country yeah. within weeks. And is always getting interviewed, always seeming to find a camera to get interviewed and go on TV and tell his followers to bring guns yeah. to the rallies. Yeah. That's a fucking agent that, that, provocateur. Yeah. That, that's a fucking work. Yeah. That, that's got to be a that fucking work. That is a work, CIA man. agent right there. Yeah. You know, and I know we've talked about it before, man, but some of this stuff, maybe it's because we are pro wrestling fans, but some of this stuff, I'm like, come on, y'all. Yeah. That's a fucking yeah. work, you yeah. know. Don't be a fucking mark. Right. Yep. Well, guys, man, we believe it or not, we are actually about forty-five minutes into this first segment. Wow. So let let's get back on point because I want to talk a little bit, Reverend, about what you feel or if you feel that nine eleven was a false flag. Because once again, that was when I first heard that term was nine eleven. <clears throat> and I know we're getting into some touchy subject matter. I also know that nobody can really know for sure. You know, there's only probably a handful of people that really, truly, honest to God, know. What do you, what do you guys think? Thunderpod. <laughs> I'm going to break this down for you. <laughs> my, my opinion about 9-11 has been pretty consistent in that I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. I don't think, I think that this is shit we're going to be researching when we're 80 years old. Absolutely. It's our generation's Kennedy. Because yes, yes. for every thing I can point to, I can point to something else to say it could be that also. Me too. You know, Reverend, I've watched Loose Change. I've watched some of these other documentaries. I've also watched the documentaries to debunk. Uh-huh. And it all makes sense. I mean, that to me, it gets fucking confusing. Because I'm not that educated in these matters. So when I hear somebody on Loose Change, for instance, you know, give all their, you know, points, I'm like, damn, that sounds legit to me. But then I'll go and I'll watch the debunking video and I'm like, damn, that sounds right, legit yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. you know what do you? What well, do you, you I, know, our entire time in the Middle East over the last three decades or more, uh, I should say, has been filled with false flags sure, one after another. Sure. <clears throat> Have you? Do you know the story about the crisis actor we used as a pretext to the Gulf War? No. Back in '91. No. The one you need to look up is that there was a girl who testified in Congress back in. Uh, I can't remember if it was the fall of 1990 or early 1991, but this girl claimed to be uh, a nurse who was talking about the Iraqi army committing war atrocities of going into hospitals, taking babies out of incubators, and leaving them to die on the floor. I have heard this. Well, what happened in actuality was this girl, her actual name is Nayira al-Saba, and she was the daughter of a Kuwaiti ambassador and part of the Kuwaiti royal family, and that this was something that was coached by the Kuwaiti royal family and by George H.W. Bush and I, so on. I have actually heard that. Man, yeah. When you talked about going into the hospitals and everything, like, yeah, that rang a bell with and me. And yeah, this yeah. isn't just the accusation that's a, <clears throat> that it's a false flag. This was busted wide open by the show's 60 Minutes. And they talked about it just a year later. They said, this girl is a crisis actor. Right, and right there, man, it was mainstream acknowledged that and they say happens, And they, they say know? this is the girl who lied to sell, well, not she lied, but she was used to sell Congress and the entire American public on a pretty unnecessary war. war. Yeah, which yeah. is exactly why you have the false flags to begin with, yeah. man, which is their absolute goal. Yeah. And there it is, man. Um, I, I want to tie in 
a false flag to go into a false flag. Okay. Um, Y2K. Oh. <laughs> it, it, as far as pertains to... 9-11. Oh, ah. You might need to explain yeah, okay. this connection yeah. a little. I think during that whole 90s decade, and you had a lot of these militias, a lot of these groups oh, yeah. coming up rising up and there was so much especially in the 90s there was so much anti-government oh yeah movement going on y2k was i think something that was put out there as a restructuring to basically restructure everything for whatever reason it did not happen as it could have well, I do know, man, a lot of uh, tech companies had to go in and redo a lot of their, you know, infrastructures sure. and stuff like that. But it know? wasn't on the scale that that everybody thought it was going to be. Right. Like, it was just going to crash out and we are going to have to rebuild yeah. our, oh, our whole infrastructure, basically. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, I remember, yeah, I remember yeah. talking to people back then who would talk about Y2K, and they said... I don't really buy the the technology side of it. Right. You know, when when I talk about society collapsing, I'm not scared about a nine on a computer not rolling over to a zero. <laughs> zero I'm right. talking about <laughs> tons of you know Plane dipshits out of the sky, who, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah. tons of dipshits who think that's going to happen, right. and so they. Mm-hmm. Uh, start climbing towers. Right, right, man. And, yeah, and, right. and overreact and everything. Exactly. Right, right, right. Because right. they've been so conditioned to believe this is going to be the fall of exactly. everything. Exactly. It's the chicken little syndrome, man. Yeah. The sky's falling. Right. 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 There was going to be a whole restructuring right. of everything we knew. The economy was going to collapse. Right. You know, yeah. Food was everything. going to disappear. You yeah. Know, yeah. And essentially, you know, building a new, I guess, a new world order uh, not so much <laughs> just to build a new Somewhat, world yeah. right right well at least begin the right. begin that for well, whatever no. reason that did not blossom in and to what it could have been right uh, so do you think 9 11 was the I next go, step that was I, I honestly believe and it did for for intensive purposes it, it brought us into a new into oh, a did. new world. Oh, it did, and it definitely, yeah. it, it, it definitely, definitely strengthened a, a a a belief in government. It is to a point until nine eleven has not only been the defining event of the post Y two K world. Absolutely. It has been probably the defining political event of our lifetime. Lifetime period. I, yeah. I, oh, absolutely, man. I, I would say since World War Two. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, yeah. there's the, the, the pre nine eleven right. and post nine eleven there, world. There really is, and I think like that, y'all. I mean, I really do because I'll think of something like in the nineties. Oh yeah, it was before nine. Swear to God, I really yeah. do. I I, I yeah. will think that, and I remember when that shit happened. I looked at a friend. I was working, you know, I was on the mm-hmm. dock. We were watching on TV, and I'm like, <coughs> "Excuse me," <clears throat> and I'm like, "Man, life's changing. Life's mm-hmm. about to change." And then the Patriot comes out, yeah. And everybody that I used to talk to about these conspiracy theories back in the '90s started hitting me up. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, is this the shit you've been talking about for the last ten years? <laughs> Swear to God, yeah. that was happening. Yeah. And I'm like, "I think it. I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I think we're starting to see it." Now, here's my so opinion. More, more or less, you know, Y2K was, was an event for what it was, and then you have 9/11, which is Honestly, and, and life changed. Uh-huh. And life changed. You know, yeah. 
I this is what I think about 9-11. I'm like you, Reverend. I don't know. I'm, you know, we, we all can say we don't fucking know. We really, truly yeah. really don't know. I, From what I've gathered and what I have watched and what I've read on, I don't think that the government set it up. I do think they may have let, Coached it, it. let it happen. You, you know what I'm saying? Because I know Dick Cheney's the one. But Bush, In w, the same way as Oklahoma City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, yes, yes, man. I think it might have just been, let's let it happen. And let's take this and let's run with I'm it. I'm going to play devil's you know? advocate for just a second. Right. Now, <clears throat> we know that on 9-11, it wasn't two buildings that fell. It was three. It was three. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. You're right. Okay. One of them did not get hit by a plane. No. So here's the question I got for you. It, on it, when when you go and look at WTC seven footage, this clearly looks like it was rigged for demolition, and you can even hear them say, uh, "Pull the switch, we're going to take it down." I've heard that. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that. So you're obviously not going to rig a building for demolition while it's on fire. Right. Right. So so here's the bigger question: If one of the WTC buildings was rigged for demolition is it that big of a stretch to say all of them were not really you know it it falls back into that not really not really man i mean who's to say and i mean i remember hearing people say they were hearing booms and loud explosions before it fell like after Mm -hmm. you know which kind of leads people thinking that it was controlled you know controlled and i'll tell you something else about that whole 911 situation is the pentagon i think we talked about this last time uh, but we'll we'll just talk about it briefly. That was not a fucking plane, man. No. I, I don't have to be educated in these matters to to have a little bit of fucking common sense, man. That was a rocket, dude. That was a straight up bazooka. That, that was something. That was it wasn't a fucking yeah. airplane. Yeah. I, I know that much, yeah. man. It, it may have been a million things, but a fucking seven forty seven. Come on, man. Now, see, <laughs> a question I would have: How you talked about Y two K? being the primary plan going forward for taking taking society I guess into the new world or new world order the the challenge I would posit to that which it's not so much a challenge but something to think about because I don't even fully know is it does feel like when you really look at 9-11 as far as being the aftermath of the first WTC bombing back in 93 with the blind sheik with the Gulf War mm-hmm. with the the fallout of the Soviet-Afghan War and our funding of what became the nucleus of the Taliban and Al-Qaeda right. in Afghanistan and Iraq, it feels like this was a natural evolution in a lot of ways. Right. That this had been going all along if you look at how some of these groups were nurtured. Right, right. And basically, you know, we just switched out the Soviets for us, basically, when it was all said and done, over there in the Middle East, you know, once yeah. the Soviet threat mm-hmm. was taken care of, Due to our yep. help and arming of you yeah. know Bin Laden and all those, then it kind of switched, and now it's we're the enemies, mm-hmm. you know, over there. And that's the one thing, man. It, when people talk about nine eleven, my whole thing is, if it was anything, it's fucking blowback for all of our, you know, interventions that we've been doing over there. I mean, I think that has a lot to do with it too. You know, uh, as Americans, we do have to claim responsibility for what our country does in other parts of the world. Yeah. And brother, well, even after that, know, I mean, you know, like I said, you know, with, with with 9-11 it, it was it was a bringing together of, of that trust in government again yeah. and, and, and that unity it was up until the point where you know w kind of 
Well, yeah. we went into our got a little, got a little mm-hmm. greed, and it's like, oh, well, let's why are we? Why are we going to Iraq? Why, why are we going after Saddam? Yeah, that it made no sense. Not you know, not that he's you know the, the saint by any means. Oh no. But, uh, what? Wait. No. What's what's going on here? I think they what's went to get that Stargate. Oh, you do? <laughs> I mean, honestly, you, so you believe Saddam had Stargate tech? I think it's fucking possible, man. You know, I'm a, I'm a science fiction fan. You know, I, so I'm a yeah. little bit. I, I want to believe. in those. You want to believe that Saddam was the reincarnation of Nebuchadnezzar? Yeah, I, I really kind of do, man. Yeah. Uh, I really do, and I think it's possible. Dude, I think any of this stuff is possible. When, I really you, when do. you talk about agency, while well, you were just talking about it being a blowback or natural evolution, in ways, one of the things that sort of has to be addressed from the get-go when you talk about the war on not just the war on terror but all of our middle eastern involvement is when people try to explain islamic extremism there's a lot of uh difficulty in people rationalizing within america anyway in the west as to what exactly it is what it what its goals are what it wants right and it's, it would be unfair to say it's been an evolution of these movements up throughout the ages, but really they're all a little bit different. Like when you look at um, ones that started in the 70s and uh, 80s, or really even before, honestly, like uh, the group Egyptian Islamic Jihad, like Hamas in Palestine, like Hezbollah in Lebanon. These are groups that are get classified as Islamic extremism, but they're essentially, they were nationalist movements right, in right. a lot of ways. Um, they just sort of fell under that banner. Right. Now, uh, later groups that formed, like Al-Qaeda, and what sort of formulates our understanding of it is that Al-Qaeda's goals, even though they were religious, were always primarily worldly. Right. In that their goals were maybe a little more on a global level and not nationalist. Like, for example, uh, the uh, abolition of the State of Israel, of ending uh, American involvement in Muslim lands. But the big one, uh, which a lot of people don't even realize, was that Al-Qaeda had, their primary enemy was Saudi Arabia. And the reason why was because with the Saudi government being the state body that governs the two holy sites, Mecca and Medina, that it was considered high-level infidel shit for them to have treaties with the West. I see. Right, right. Yeah. So you have those, and that's that's sort of a lot of what our understanding of it was, but now it's sort of evolved into most people's perception of Islamic extremism is ISIS. But what I would argue is that ISIS is a little bit more of an outlier when you look at it in that context, because ISIS is essentially a, a doomsday cult that grew to oh. large state size, because, right, you right. know, if... For example, if Al-Qaeda or if Hamas or Hezbollah ever planned to reinstate slavery, right. they never said so. Yeah, I got you, right. And a lot of these groups, you know, even though they fall into the banner of Islamic extremism, they saw themselves as being laying the brickwork for uh, a caliphate that would come generations or even centuries after bin Laden was gone. Right. But in end-time prophecy uh, in Islam... There's the idea that uh, one of the major signs before the hour of judgment would be that slavery would be revived. Oh, okay. But where ISIS sort of broke with tradition, I guess, was they were saying, well, 
you know, this isn't a bad thing though, because we're kicking, we're getting, we're getting right. this kick started. Right. We're going to be the ones to do it. We're bringing right. in this end times, you know, because yeah. there's even been like some Christian organizations and stuff have done, you know, tried similar things or yeah. had similar viewpoints on that. In other words, let's take prophecy in our own hands. Well, that's a lot and, of what, you know. that's a lot of why the Republican Party is so big on Israel. Right. And a lot exactly. of people. Exactly. There are a lot yes. of people who really don't You're realize right. that. And it would blow yes. your mind if you understood just how ignorant. Yes. A lot of people worked that idea. Yeah, because we can't have end times. Jesus cannot come back until that temple is rebuilt at the Temple Mount. You, know, that, you know that end time prophecy is a real dork subject of mine. Right. Oh, that yeah. I can wax on and on all day about it in all three of the Abrahamic religions. Right. But, you know, not to toot my own horn or anything. <laughs> but the cornerstone right now of, for, for anybody listening who's, who's curious that doesn't fully understand what maybe people are talking about when you hear Christian groups going on about end-time prophecy at the moment, is that the cornerstone of, of it is the, the settling and the foundation of Israel. That that's been the cornerstone of it for years now. Right. As the centerpiece, I guess. Right. right. So the Bible talks about when you know, uh, Israel's reestablished that it won't be more than a generation before uh, the second coming right. or the end times. And now within within biblical uh, textual criticism and scriptural readings, a generation is understood to mean 70 years. Okay. Usually. Right. right. So, <laughs> but where this gets in a lot of question and uh, conjecture is that do they mean 70 years from 1946? Foundation of Israel? Because that would put you at 2016. Right. Or does this mean 1948? Or does this mean 1967 where the West Bank and Gaza were annexed? After the war. Yeah. Right, right. Or does this mean some uncertain point in the future because a large part of it says the temple will be rebuilt and animal sacrifices will commence. So yes. is this 70 years from the time Al-Aqsa Mosque in uh, Jerusalem is destroyed? Right. And, rebuild and rebuilt. Because I've actually heard that plans are have been drawn up right now yeah. to rebuild that temple. I don't know if that's true, obviously. you know, I, just, I went down one of my rabbit holes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and see, when, when groups like uh, the Jerry Falwell camp back in the 1980s, yes. who was Reagan's big homeboy. Oh, yeah, you're right. That... Within the within the Christian uh, millennial movement, there's a real emphasis and love affair going on with Israel, but it's not so much this love of the Jewish people. It's uh, it's the idea of nurturing the state of Israel until we can get them to the point that they rebuild uh, the temple, and then you know. Uh, the second coming is going to happen and the Jews are going to be wiped out for pissing God off. Right, right. And, and, and bring in the end time philosophy. Yeah, it's not right. that it's not that the, it's right. not that the GOP and that the Christian far right in America loves Israel by any means, even though it sort of looks like that on the surface. It's just that they want to nurture them and use them as a tool to kick off the end times. Almost like a lot of the, once again, kind of circling back, some of what ISIS is doing. Yeah. yeah. Well, guys, I think that's a good place to pause for right now. And uh, that was a hell of a first hour. Absolutely. But don't go anywhere because we got a hell of a second hour coming up. So keep it right here on the good news with the Reverend Doctor. 
What's up, Puds? This is Jason from the podcast with Jason and Mike. And I want to take this opportunity to talk to y'all about GameSwap, located at 112 Northeast Court Square, right here in beautiful downtown Lincoln, North Carolina. Whether you're looking for the best new games and consoles, or you're more of a retro guy like me, GameSwap has you covered. People, I'm talking everything from Atari, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox. Hey, there's even systems I've never even heard of before. So if you're a hobbyist, a hardcore gamer, or a collector, GameSwap is the only place to go. And maybe video games isn't your thing. Well, that's cool too because GameSwap is much more than just a game store. They also carry a vast selection of comic books, toys, t-shirts, and all sorts of collectibles spanning all aspects of pop culture from science fiction, action adventure, TV, horror, and all points in between. You really just have to see it to believe it. So what are you waiting for? Get on down here to GameSwap and see it for yourself and tell them that the PUD sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back for our second hour with the good news with the Reverend Doctor. I am ThunderPud number two, the producer. I take it over to our co-host, Agent C. Thank you, sir. All right, let's go into the second half right here, and let's just move forward with our next next subject. This subject is the Illuminati. Once, Boom! <laughs> once again, there you go. Uh, right little, out of the fucking gate. <laughs> just yeah. man, right off the fucking bat, man. The Illuminati. I know when people hear that, <clears throat> there is just all manner of, of, of just stuff that goes through their head. It is the definition of a loaded term. Right. Yes. Very it carries broad. so much baggage with it. Yeah. Very broad. And right. I'm going to be totally honest with you. I don't like the term Illuminati. I think it is a stupid-ass term. Right. right. And the reason why is because even though it's it can be a useful tool to communicate uh, an idea to some people whose only frame of reference is pop culture, we all know that there's not a group that calls each other the Illuminati. Thank you, exactly. Okay, um, <coughs> This was some shit that, yeah, the, the origin of the Illuminati, if we're going to go all the way back, you know, talking about uh, a guy by the name of Adam Weisfault that was head of the Bavarian Illuminati back during the time of the American and French Revolution. Right. The original goal of the Illuminati was to push ideas like secularism, like anti-superstition right. within religion, and encourage and nurture nationalist movements, and basically push the world into a direction of the post-Enlightenment era. Right, right. I guess. They considered themselves the... Because the word Illuminati literally means the guardians of the light, right. or the holders of the light. Right. So that was what they were doing, was they were holding the light of the Enlightenment and pushing us into a new era. Now, there was an Illuminati years and years ago, but what we think of the Illuminati now comes from Dan Brown novels. Yeah, right, right. That was kind of what popularized the term. You yes. know, that's when it went mainstream. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it comes from Dan Brown novels, but in a lot of ways now, I think that it's just a really moronic term. When, when I hear somebody use the term Illuminati and be totally serious about right, it, right. my respect for that person usually tends to drop about 50 <laughs> points. <laughs> and, and there is definitely that label attached to the Illuminati, because yeah. I've talked about it with some friends of mine, you know, at work and things like this, and, and it's always in jest. You know, that's the thing, it's always about all of the Illuminati did. Yeah. You, you know, and it's always got that little bit of a, little bit of a joking element. 
yeah. to it, you know. I'm not sure exactly when it started, but it became big in the hip-hop culture. Oh, yeah. Probably about yeah. 10 years ago, this idea that Jay-Z was yes. in the Illuminati. Because of the, the hand gestures yeah. and things like that. Yep, yep. Yeah, which I don't even know how to respond. Right. I still haven't figured out quite how to respond to that. Like, and think it, I think it went back even further in the 90s. I remember, well, you know, Tupac had Illuminati. You know, I yeah. remember that was one of the first times that I heard the Illuminati, or even a version of the Illuminati, in a mainstream way. Right. Because I was familiar with it, with William Cooper and everything. Yeah, it, yeah. I mean, if you, if you really want the solid answer, like I say, I don't even know how to respond to it. If you want the solid answer of how it got started in the hip-hop community, it was back as... You know, starting back in the 1980s, you had a lot of guys who would go off to prison. They would raid the prison libraries, and they would get woke. Right. right. Um, you know, all kinds of knowledge, whether it was coming on one end from the Black Panthers or the Black Muslim groups, and on another end, they would get a hold of books like Behold a Pale Horse or oh, The Climb yeah. of the West by Spengler. And they would learn about the bloodlines of the top 1%. Right. And mm-hmm. they would really get woke to this shit while in prison, and then those guys would come out and teach... The younger guys, right. but that was what Tupac was largely talking about with Kaluminati. Okay. But nowadays, I think it's not even that because I don't think a lot of these new guys right. are even that smart. Yeah. Right. I right. think that what it really is is when you see them throw up the diamond sign. The, yes. And shit. The diamond cutter, pretty much. Yeah. You know. That the way to understand that is that. A rapper saying "I roll with the Illuminati" is just the ultimate evolution of the term "I'm balling." Right, right. I mean, that's, that's how all it really is. Saying "I hang out with the Rothschilds" right. is the ultimate form of saying "I've got fucking twenty-inch rims" or some shit. The most right. bling you can have is in the fucking Illuminati. Yeah, and that's who I'm rolling with now. Yeah, right. More, more of a pop culture reference than an actual. Yeah, exactly. You know, the actual nefarious group yeah. here. You know. Yeah. Well, I tell you guys what I mean. I, I think we can all agree that the Illuminati itself, quote unquote, is probably not real. I do, however, think that there may be Illuminati type uh, situations going on. In other words, I do think that some of these people in power are very close knit. I do believe that these people probably do have a little bit of ritual. I guess, for lack of a better term, you of know. Of course they do. Sure, right. you know. I think that these things are are legitimate. But they're not going out in public and throwing up the the diamond sign. No, no, no. <laughs> there's, there's, I, I, exactly. I, I, don't, I, I don't think so. Yeah. No, I would, I, there, I there's commonality. So. There, there's a common underlying thread to all of the conjecture and rumor right. that goes on, and it's that we talked about it a lot back during the 2016 presidential election with how historically close. Uh, Donald Trump was with the Clintons. Right. That even though going back to the false flag stuff from the first hour about the idea of political theater. Right. That at the end of the day, any people from all camps you see within that high up branch or uh, upper crust of society, they have dinner together. Sure. Okay. Sure. They belong to the same country clubs. Sure. They get money from the same people. Right. Right. They they all know each They're other. They're in the same circles. And hang with each other. Right. Yeah. And you know, man, I can think back even just people we know who maybe hang out like you know the certain clubs, for instance, mm-hmm. certain bars. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, man, you have politics and cliques and all this stuff in these small little groups of people right. that don't have any kind of power. 
So why would you not think that people with power would have these same kind of cliques, these same kind of circles, these same yeah. kind of... I mean, it, it, to me, it's ludicrous to think otherwise, right. you know, just because they do have power or they're in the spotlight or, you know, they're a CEO or they're a political person. Just because you're these things... Ritual's a big you know, key point I think to so. a lot of it because uh, one of the last times you and I were talking, we started hitting on the idea that... I and I'm firmly in this camp. I believe that there are religions that the average person has no clue even exists. I think so. That the super rich yeah. are into. I think so. Yeah. Just just knowledge that has been passed through certain bloodlines or certain people that you know the the common people. Yeah, a how lot of we know? a lot of this shit like um, how I'm trying to think how to say this that there's the idea that a lot of these. Uh, Religions, the ones that we know and understand, that they all have common threads dating back to Egypt, to Babylon, right. to Mesopotamia, and to mystery schools, right. to what we now define as the occult. Right. And that things like this were passed down, and this is what the super, super leader into. Right. And that while the average person might under, might think, okay, well, these people who are the, the high-end wealthy are into Luciferianism, I don't even think that's the case. I think that Luciferianism might be a common... Uh, might be a common uh, way to... for that person to process right. what it's like, but it's not that, if that makes sense. I, I think I see where you're going with that. In, in other words, man, it's more like... It's what they imagine Luciferianism would be. There you go. There you go. And yeah. Kind of something to... Um, Almost have a certain bond, I suppose, with each like the people who who share that. It's thought, a it's a know. totally divorced idea of what we or what the common person understands to be general decent morality. Right. That it's right. the worship of power for its own sake. For for itself. Right. Yeah. That that's the ultimate good, and that that's that's what I mean. That that's what a lot of people on um, the average person on the street would understand Luciferianism right. to be. That it's that it's evil. It's totally divorced from goodness or uh, any morality, like yeah. all morality is gone, void of morality is yeah, just all about that it, power. That it's, that it's not just power for its own sake, it's the worship of power the for its own sake. It. I see, I see. And that there is heavy ritual involved with it. Right. And, and yeah. you know, you were talking about the mystery stool some, uh, Reverend, and that was one thing that William Cooper, you know, I know I go back to William Cooper a lot, being that that was my first major influence with this kind of line of thinking. Mm -hmm. I know that was one of his big, you know, talking points as well, with some of these, uh, like, Babylonian mystery schools, yeah. stuff like that. That stuff always really fascinated me. I, in fact, I watched a lecture that he gave years ago. Oh, it fascinates the hell out of me. Oh, yeah. man, that stuff gets deep, brother. Right. It gets deep. Mike, are you familiar with any of that, like the mystery schools? No, no, no. Reverend, like, you, I, I would assume, and you'd probably have a better, I guess, explanation than I would, but the way I understood these mystery schools, they were just, like, from the absolute very beginning of, I guess, language and communication that these things were documented and passed down. Do you know much about the Kabbalah? Not really. Not really. <sighs> Jesus, I'm trying to think what an introductory point to that would be. <laughs> because that's a subject that's hard to introduce a person to. It's easy to, to jump at when they already have a frame of reference. But the introductory to what we understand the Kabbalah to be in the West is that the the law not the lost books of the Bible, but the ones that were um, sort of edited by one group or another mm -hmm. right. or removed 
you can look directly at the the fourth book of Ezra, which talks about that the original uh, Torah of Moses had been lost right. entirely. So Ezra was given a glass of golden liquid by an angel to drink and told to gather all the scribes he had around him. And he drank the liquid and he just sat and rambled for, uh, I can't remember, it was several days and nights. And they took down the entire contents of the Old Testament. And he said, told them, take these 24 books and give them to the common people but keep these 70 books only for the learned uh, elders. Right. That's where we see the introduction of what now became the Kabbalah or the mystery religions. But the Kabbalah itself, or what you would call Jewish mysticism, mm-hmm. is way older than Judaism. Okay. It dates back to Egypt and Babylon both. Okay. And it's what it breaks down to, or the easiest way to define it, is the ideas that some of the original people had about the nature of existence and the physical universe itself. But Judaism is the current package for those ideas. I see. I see. A repackaging. Yeah. I see. Because, and, you know, that's a whole other point because I know somebody might say it in the comments that, you know, keep these 24 books of the Old Testament. But, see, in the Christian Bible, there's 39 books to the Old Testament. But... In the Jewish Old Testament, they're twenty-four because First and Second Samuel are one book, uh, First okay. and Second Kings are Kings, one book, and right. the twelve uh, minor prophets are condensed into one book called the Twelve. I see. I got yeah. you. So it's the same content. It's just a different. It's uh, the same con. It's the same content, but with a different follow th- with a different order. Uh, got you. Because this is going to be re- me really dorking out for a second, but. Do you know the term that Jews use for the Old Testament? No. The Tanakh, uh, T-A-N-A-K-H? No, I'm not familiar with that. Okay. I, I know the Torah. The Torah is the first five books. Is that yeah. correct? Okay. Well, the where the term comes from is, do you understand that um, Middle Eastern languages didn't originally have vowels in them? No, that, that, that they're They were essentially just continents. Vowels came a little bit later, and... They're represented as dots. Okay. In different areas. Right. But it's a way to string a word together for to speak it. Okay. You know how the name of God is uh, YHVH. It's an unpronounceable thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, the introduction of vowels and trying to figure out how to say it, because originally they didn't need to know how to say it. It was just something that the clerical class read. Right. And there were different ideas about how to say it, like Yahweh or Jehovah. Right. So that's sort of where you see the introduction of vowels. Oh, okay. Well, okay. the Old Testament was called the the TNK, right. which if you try to say that, you're going to sound stupid. You're just going to go like, you know, tunk. Yeah, right. But what it means is uh, Torah, uh, which means law, uh, Nevi'im, which means uh, prophets, and Kedavim, which means everything else. I see. Okay. So it's arranged a certain order where you have the first five books, which are the Torah. Then you have all the prophets, condensed into one right. and then you have everything left over like Song of Solomon and so on right kings and all that yeah whereas right, right. the Christian where is in uh, Christian forms of the Bible it's arranged in a not in a chronological order so much but one that leads up to Jesus Christ I see right right but, because it, you have a different right. point to the story I see I got you that that's that was a total <laughs> different 
But it's fascinating, Aside, yeah. man. I mean, and it's it's good to get the history of these things, you know, because yeah. it, it all does tie back because, you know, now, you know, we just talked about um, all this as it relates to the Kabbalah, which relates to these mystery religions, which mm-hmm. relates to these Illuminati, quote-unquote Illuminati type, yeah. you know, groups. But the, the point I was getting at is that the Kabbalah is one example uh, of, those of, mysteries. It, of mm-hmm. a mystery religion that is wrapped in a current package. Right. But right. a lot of these are unfiltered and have been passed down through the ages. So let me ask you, Reverend, do you think, and I, I think we all do agree there is no Illuminati, but do you think that there is an organization like the Illuminati? You, you know what I'm saying? Or a society? You, yeah, I mean... Not in the frame <coughs> of reference a lot of people understand it. I okay. don't think there's one group that all gets along. I think that there are probably several groups. See, that was always kind of my thought about the quote-unquote Illuminati. I'm like, how are you going to get so many powerful people in the same room to agree on the same things? That was always kind of my thing. That just You can't even get anybody to, yeah. to agree on anything on any level. man. What it usually you know? is is you have multiple groups who will occasionally have agendas that overlap. So let me ask you this, man. Of the groups we know, like the Trilateral Commission, uh, the uh, Council on Foreign Relations, do you think, because I've always heard those mm-hmm. names, those are big buzzwords yeah. in the community or in the conspiracy Well, I wrote, I wrote down uh, when I was making notes for the show some of the groups that people commonly understand to be the Illuminati. Right. And like I said on the last hour, how we've got to scale back from it, is the big one is globalist right and when people Quarter say globalist right. what they yeah. usually mean is jews <laughs> right right uh reptiles yeah. of course right. got to put those in there bilderbergs yeah right trilateralists <clears throat> masons the roman catholic church the un the council on foreign relation and the jesuits those are the big ones so let me ask you reverend do you feel that there is any common threads between those organizations in other words is there a a individual or a group of individuals that do have a baseline across the board with these groups? Do you think... Explain. Give, give me an example. Well, uh, for instance, do you think that there may be a core, small group of people, or even, like I say, maybe one or two individuals that are that would be associated with each one of those organizations? It's In possible. Words, and one, one, of the, one of the threads... Thread. I, 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 that well, One of the threads of thinking that I've seen come up a number of times that I thought made a lot of sense is when we go back to talking about religions that people don't realize exist mm-hmm. that a lot of these people are into is that this is this is a hard one to get out but that a lot of the high up people in multiple religions <clears throat> like whether it's Judaism, Christianity or Islam they use those as covers for what they're really into right right kind of to give themselves a um well, whether it's the Pope, whether it's the Queen, right. whether it's the Rothschilds who are Jewish, you know, whatever, that their religion is a public face right. for what they're into. But it's really just a cover. Yeah. Uh, you know, or it's a false, um, what's the word I'm looking for, man? Um, false pretense, maybe? Yeah. Possibly, yeah. Right. So, so do you think the Pope and the, I know we've talked a little bit about the, the Vatican and the Roman Catholic Church. Oh, boy. <laughs> let's, go, let's jump into <laughs> it, brother. Let's jump into it. Well, tell me, tell me, tell me, well, tell me your thoughts on it. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be honest with you. I know we talked last time you were down for the the first volume of this show. We were outside. We didn't talk about this on air. I don't think if we did, we didn't touch on as much as we did outside. But about how the the Roman Empire is actually still oh, yeah. still Same active thing. through the Roman Catholic Church. Because uh, to me, that sounds 
quote unquote Illuminati. Yeah, the idea that all that all roads lead to Rome. <laughs> yes, right. Still to this day. To this day, right. Uh, and to me, that kind of <clears throat> could fall under the umbrella of an Illuminati type organization. No, the idea that the Roman Empire still exists is popular as fuck on different really? corners of online, and everybody's got their own theory about it. You know, some people believe it's the Roman Catholic Church that's the evolution of right. the Roman Empire, right? And which, when you read the uh, prophecies in the book of Daniel it sort of talks about the it, it can give off the idea to a lot of people who are really into uh, Christian end time prophecy right. that the Roman Catholic Church was the little horn that will succeed at the end of days I, I tell you you know I was talking a little bit in the first hour about that uh, newspaper that yeah. I, I got spotlight that I had to stop the subscription because right. it was getting a little, little bit too Nazi you know uh, but one thing another group of people that the people in the, that wrote this newspaper were against were the Catholics. Yeah, that was another one. That was another thing. I was like, "Oh God, damn, y'all!" America, right. <laughs> right. Right. America yeah. has yeah. always been against it because I mean, at the end of the day, it's somebody bowing down to Rome. To Rome, right. yeah. And, and uh, I, lo- I know a lot of uh, Protestants don't like the Catholic Church because they consider it to be idol worship to a yeah. certain degree. Yeah. You know, well, it, the Catholic Church was a, a pagan church that was gutted that, that and pretty, repurposed. Yeah, that yeah. was repackaged once again. Another repackaging. That's pretty much documented. I mean, that's pretty much known, you know. Yeah, when when I came to understand that, everything about the Catholic Church made a lot of sense. Kind of started falling back in. And once again, you know, this isn't saying anything negative necessarily about the Catholic Church. No, it's church. just talking and, about the truth of its history. Of, of its origins, and this, yeah. this isn't this isn't uh, wingnut conspiracy internet right. shit. This is something you can re- find by cracking open any encyclopedia if you bother to. It, it's there, <laughs> right, and you just have to actually look for it. And we're definitely not saying anything about Catholics. I have a lot of people in my life that are Catholic do mm-hmm. I love to death. So yeah. you know, we want, I, I do want to clarify that we're not saying, hey, if you're a Catholic, you're part of the Illuminati, no, you no, know, or anything right. like that. You know, I just want to <laughs> clarify that. Well, just like the Freemasons, you know, during our break, we yeah. were outside because uh, we actually record this show across the street from a Masonic lodge. You know, which we're, is interesting. We, yeah, yeah, you know, we're kind of finding some irony <laughs> in that. But you know, the Masons, you know, two of my best friends are Masons. And, you know, trust yeah. me, these guys are not plotting to overthrow the government or right. anything like that, you know. So that's something else I like to throw out there, that we are not... And what I said to you outside is I don't like to blame the Masons for really much anything or even include them <coughs> right. in conspiracy. And the reason why is because I have no doubt that there's probably some uh, elite level of sure. perverts who, might, oh. who, who use lodges and clubs to network with sure. each other. but. Sure. The vast majority of people who are in the Masons are just like your grandpa. That's it, yeah. man. Who who like riding the go kart, wearing the fez <laughs> hat, the hats, like yeah. uh, doing charity work for their community, like going to church. Like exactly. they're just regular people who it's like a moose lodge or some shit. That's exactly what it is. And man, I mean, most people in the in the lodges will tell you that they're there to help out with the community. I mean, they do a lot of charities. I mean, they really yeah. do. I mean, the Masons around here do yeah. a lot of good good That's stuff. Right. You know. Now, I do think that there may be a when you do start talking about some of these more elite, elitist, you know, politicians, you know, business type people, I think there may be a common Masonic thread. In other words, I think it may be a rite of passage mm-hmm. for some families, but to say that the Masonic Lodge itself... Yeah, it, that's it, bullshit. That, that's that's, that's right. nuts, man. That's nuts. Well, the idea that all, road, that all roads lead to Rome eventually, and people say, well, if, if you look at end-time prophecy, Rome does figure into it, right. and... They say, well, what happened to it? Is this the Catholic Church? Is this uh, 
you know, some of these former elite families like the black nobility or so on. Right. But what I would say to anybody just is some if you study history for as long as it takes to read this shit, you can kind of put into that because the Roman Empire, it still is around, but it's Turkey. Okay. Right. Okay. I know me and you've discussed that yeah. a little bit off, you know, yeah, off it's, the it's, podcast. It's not, it's not a mystery. And right. to, sort, to sort of explain this and take a little brief aside from what we're talking about is that <clears throat> Rome was not something that was defined in the ancient days as based on language, based on ethnicity, based on religion, or anything like that. In the ancient world, when someone was written about, if we were talking about some figure and said this person was, say, a Macedonian, or a Spartan, or an Athenian, or whatever, it carried all kinds of connotations about what that person was. Okay. It it would also implicate what language they spoke. Right. It would suggest what religion they were, what their ethnicity was. Okay. On and on and on. Rome wasn't like that. Right. Rome was an entirely political construct that was based on conquest and taxation. Mm-hmm. Wherever they conquered became Rome. Right. Right. And Rome was barely even based in the city of Rome, except right. at the very beginning. Right. Now it was named after the city of Rome. But it was more a Middle Eastern and North African thing. Right. At the end of the day. Where the empire expanded out to. Yeah, right. you know, it was about conquest and taxation and propping up puppet rulers because this kept people from revolting because right. they were allowed to keep their local traditions. Exactly. Like so, these pagan religions and things of that yeah, nature. Right. That's why it's so important how I had just said that Rome was barely even based in the city except at the very, very beginning of right. it. Because when the west, when the city fell, or what we now call the western part of the empire, Constantinople right. was, in air quotes, Rome. Right. For the next uh, thousand years. Right. Close to. So what happened was that it was a political succession. Right. So when Constantinople became Rome, they, of course, we know what happened to the eastern part of the Roman Empire. They were conquered by the Ottomans. Exactly. Right. So, one of the things that has to be cleared up for a lot of people who aren't students of history is that when the Ottomans conquered Constantinople, even though it was one of the most historically important battles of the last 2,000 years, easily, is that the Ottomans didn't dissolve Rome. They absorbed it. They, they took it in. They right. took all right. of Rome's territories in the Middle East and North Africa. Mm-hmm. And they took all of its uh, titles and all of its symbols as well. A lot of people don't understand that the crescent moon and star is not a symbol of Islam. It is originally a symbol of the Roman Empire. Really? Yes. Now, they I wasn't abs- aware of that. They absorbed oh. it because they were extremely proud of it. No um, the Sultan, uh, Mehmet II, he took the secondary title, Kaiser al-Rum, which, mean, which literally translates to the rightful king of Rome, over his primary title, Caliphate Rasulullah, which meant the successor to the messenger of Allah. Really? Yeah. So he actually... So wow. they, they did not dissolve the Roman Empire. They, they were the political successor. They absorbed it. They brought it into their own. Right. So what happened to the Ottoman Empire at the end of World War I? was when the Ottoman Empire was dissolved, 
you had a situation sort of like Nazi Germany becoming Germany or the Soviet Union becoming Russia, Russia where it yeah. was a slightly different government and the borders were shrunk a little bit. Slightly. But it was what you would also call a political succession. Right. So Turkey and uh, Erdogan, the current ruler of Turkey, is in truth the political successor to the Roman Empire. Empire. Wow. Man, that is mind-boggling. Dude, I mean, that that wow. is just fascinating. Yeah, that, I mean, that, I mean that, that was a total aside to what we're talking about, but <laughs> that's what... That's what I always think of when people say, well, what happened to the Roman Empire? You know, they have to still be around the shadows somewhere. I'm like, dude, they're Turkey. Uh, yeah, right. it's, it's not right. even in the shadows if you know yeah. what to look for. It's yeah. like, you just got to know. And if you, yeah. you want to talk about end-time prophecy and start, you know, dorking out over Rome rising in the end days, they're probably not talking about the Catholic Church if, that's, if what you're reading is real. If it's politically and historically honest, it's going to be talking about Turkey. Turkey. So if we see a rise of Turkey... Yeah, and we know that. Hey, maybe we're getting to the end times <laughs> right. here, right. dude. That is fascinating. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, let's let's get back into the Illuminati subject matter, or I guess we could say maybe more or less conglomerates. You yeah. know, here I think I think that's probably the better way of describing something like the Illuminati. In other words, I, I see why people use that because you know we were talking about it earlier it being such a broad term, a loaded term. It, yeah, know. it's a, it's a yeah. useful term to communicate an idea. Right. And, and to me the the quote unquote Illuminati has always been like the the corporations and the politicians. Mm-hmm. You know, it seems to me that seems like what would make up you know your basis of power in, in this world, you know. Well, how much how much um, heat or weight, I guess, do you give the Rothschilds? A lot. A lot? I, I, I really do. Once again, I don't know if this is conspiracy theory, quote-unquote. In other words, I don't know if there's anything really to what I've read into the Rothschilds. Because there was a period of my life where I was really digging into that stuff. Yeah, I've, <laughs> read, a, I've read a couple books on the history of the Rothschilds. And like the, the 13 bloodlines, yeah. stuff, stuff of that nature. I, I think it's legit. Man. Astor, Bundy, DuPont, on and yes, on. Yes, on. yes, yes. Uh, who, who was the other ones? Uh God, there's one that's escaping Carnegie, me. Rockefeller. Rockefeller. That, that's yeah. the one I'm trying to update. Yeah. Carnegie was another one. DuPont. Yeah. Uh, uh, and a lot of those are old money uh, families that built America. Back right. right. Yeah. So let me ask you guys, do you think that it is at least possible that these families, with all this power, influence, and, and history, are, are really the ones pulling strings behind the behind the quote-unquote curtain? Is it possible? I think it's possible. It makes sense. It does make sense. It makes a lot of sense. And... The, to, to scale back and not give a ton of time to what we were just talking about with Rome, with how, aside from the Roman Catholic Church, one of the uh, theories about the Roman Empire that comes up over and over again online is about the black nobility. Right. and Which, the way you would define the black nobility is that there are inbred uh, families yeah. who lurk in the shadows that are the remnants of the de' Medici's, the Borgias, the Orsini's, the Colonias, and so on, now, that now, are old money Venetian, Roman, and Florentine families that are the true ones pulling the strings behind every group. Right, right, right. In other words, the Illuminati. Yeah, and then in Eyes Wide Shut, Stanley Kubrick sort of exposed it. And that's <laughs> why. Yeah. All, right. Well, all right, well, man, since you put it out there, Reverend, <clears throat> let's go ahead and talk about that briefly. When we first started talking about doing this show, we were talking, we were exchanging some messages, and you had asked me about that. Yeah. And uh, and I I swear three days earlier I just watched a little YouTube video on it. Uh huh. And um, I'm like, it's very possible. And I'm like, but Jesus, man, let's just don't talk about it on the show. Yeah. And man, now we're talking about it. So this may be the last episode. It might be. 
But, you know, man, I'm going to be honest with you. I know I'm kind of jokingly saying that, but there was a part of me that was like, oh, shit, maybe we should steer clear of that one. You never know. But, um, same. But, uh, yeah, so we we probably, you know, we'll drop that. Let's scale back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll drop that. Yeah. Yeah. But we actually did discuss that. And, uh, yeah, I think it, yeah, yeah. Anyway, going back to, uh, Let's talk about the reptilians now, you know. <laughs> now, that's definitely for another show. So, the thing I was going to say about the Rothschilds is that, <clears throat> do you believe the idea that they use proxies to stay out of the spotlight? And, and basically play like both oh. sides of the field, basically? Is that... Well, or just... Uh, you know, they fun. always talk about how the Rothschilds have funded both sides that, of every war yeah, that's kind of throughout what history, right. and that if you... If you can see them on TV, if the average person knows they exist, they're not the top guy. That That's right. true, too. That exactly. people like the Koch brothers on the right-wing side and George Soros on the, on left, the left-wing right. side are what we would call Rothschild proxies. I see. Right. In other words, man, uh, kind, of, kind of like a figurehead, I guess, to a certain degree. Well, proxy, I mean, yeah, that that's the, yeah. the definition of it. Sure. I, I think it's yeah. absolutely possible. I mean, hey, brother, I think... I really think almost anything is possible in this world. Yeah. And I think people are capable of almost anything. Yeah. Because, you know, I know we've discussed this, and it's kind of a little off subject, but not, not too bad. I know we've talked about how very few people in this world are inherently evil. Yeah. Very, very few mm-hmm. people. In fact, I would dare say that the people in this room that we all know, like on our Facebook accounts, so nobody is evil. Yeah. N- not, not inherently. You might have some assholes out there. But but overall, yeah. But see, when we start talking about these groups like the Rothschilds and the people that they work for, work for them, that's where I start thinking like, if this is true, if that is legit, then mm-hmm. I think they're absolutely inherently evil. Yeah. You know, to have that much power and influence, because you you can't get there without deaths. You can't get mm-hmm. there without mm-hmm. suffering. You just cannot do it. Right. I mean, you're going to do it off the back of somebody. Do I think it's possible? Hell yeah. Do I think that these like the Rothschilds? Do I think there's people behind them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, man, sure, probably. absolutely, probably, but not even possibly, but more probably. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Right. You know, but yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, there's been a number of anti-Rothschild movements way before our time. Oh, really? No, that I, I mean, wasn't you, aware. Well, of. you know, Nazism was built on a lot of that sentiment. No, I didn't. To yo, be completely yo, honest, no, I didn't really know that, man. No. Okay, well, a part of Hitler's platform was he ordered the seizure of the Rothschild fortune and property. Oh, really? Yeah, as part of the platform uh, and his populism i guess okay right but of course the the grand irony to national socialism period or the nazi movement is that it wasn't the rich jews who had their property seized and were killed it, it, it was the poor it was ones. the poor people right which yeah. it always is it yeah. always boils yeah. back down to that so man. you had yeah. this you had this platform being run on of there's this handful of uh the the super elite and did you ever read Mein Kampf? No, no, man, no. Okay, I, I read it years ago when uh, writing a paper, and the thing that I, the thing that I had to process when uh, putting it in a proper framework is that a lot of where Hitler was coming from only makes logical sense when you realize that he viewed Judaism and Marxism as belonging to the same umbrella, which he right. called Zionism, mm-hmm. that it was this right. international shadow right. government that, thing. That was a combination, or was one and the same. Yeah, like and that the, the Rothschilds same. were a major part of right. Zionism. And, you know, of course, this influenced 
a lot of right-wing beliefs still to this day. To this, I was right. just about to say, man, that's really scary to hear that because that's what we're seeing, you know, with a lot of people right now. Yeah. And it's like, that that's frightening to me. Well, know? and see, that, that was a thing that when you read Mein Kampf in the first 150 pages of it, it's sort of striking because a lot of it doesn't sound, you know, in air quotes, crazy. Yeah, right, it sure, sounds, sure. It sounds like average, average everyday Propaganda or political speech. Well, hell, man, mm-hmm. the man got an entire country. No to, one, no know? one. There's, there's a saying that goes, "No one becomes president by being Doctor Evil." That, right. right. Ex- exactly. Exactly, yeah. man. You got to have the people behind you to get to where you're right. at. Yeah. Hell, if I'm not mistaken, Hitler had like a 95 percent popularity. Yes. Yeah. Rating at the time of the yes. war. I mean, geez, at the time of the Holocaust, Absolutely. it's one of the top. God, damn. It's, it's one of, it's if, if not the number one book, maybe besides the Bible the or Bible. something that. A lot of people claim they've read, but almost nobody has. Nobody really has, Because right. if you ask the average person, and they go, oh, yeah, I've read that book. Well, what do you think of They go, oh, it's just a bunch of screaming and rambling. And I'm like, no, it's actually not. It sounds like shit you would hear on Fox News all the time. Right. Which, once again, is fucking frightening. Well, this is a promise <laughs> to bring power back to the people. To, and you're yeah. also vilifying a, a certain group. It's their fault. Which you know, just like you just said a little bit Your ago, suffering is beca- directly because of this this group, this group of people. Which you know, we just talked about. It wasn't the poor Jewish people and these rich people who just happen to be Jewish. You know, yeah. I, I think you could put any religion on these people, and they're still going to be assholes. You know, and still going to be terrible, evil people, right. regardless if they're Jewish or the Christian, Islamic, whatever, yeah. uh, agnostic, atheist, whatever. And, and you take that small part of who these people are, you put it on this mass group of people and damn you get a fucking holocaust right. and it's it's crazy but there again you know was hitler a a, a face or a, a figure to put out there hey that's a good question that is that's a great you question that, yeah i mean because there are theories out there that hitler was just you know a puppet for people i mean i've heard that do you think hitler was jewish <clears throat> I, i've actually heard that he has, was it his mother was Jewish? I've, I've I think seen, that's been thrown around. I've, I've heard that. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you this: that when when you read the book and you read the way he describes Jewish people, the understanding, I guess, that he had, or or his idea of the understanding of what constitute, uh, you know, Jewish uh, neurosis or self doubt. Like, the thing, the commonality you see in all Jewish comedy, like Seinfeld, Mm -hmm. like Larry David, Woody Allen, whatever, Mm -hmm. this idea of being very, um, you know, unsure, very... uh, Oh, yeah. That that, that in Hitler's idea, it ran in contrast to, you know, this notion of uh, Aryan, like, masculinity. Right, right, right. That when you read how deep he went into this, a lot of it reads like, dude, you understand this... A little too well, too much, almost like yeah. you maybe are being that. That, in other words, I'm not going to say understand too well, but it reads a little bit like self-loathing. Right, me. right. I see what you're saying, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's some crazy shit to think about. You know, somebody who is or who was right. partially Jewish. Yeah, yeah know, and, to, and, to, and and of course, which I don't know whether he was or not, but I understand after reading that where the conspiracy that he might have been comes from. For where, where it originates, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's nuts. I'm telling you, man. It's fascinating. And like I said, it's downright terrifying when you think about what happened back then and how we can kind of see it today. And, ter- and do not get me wrong, man. I'm not really what you call a liberal. 
I mean, I do have probably more liberal leanings, honestly, if I had to break it all down. But but some of the stuff I do see on the far right, you know, to get into some modern day politics, and I even consider myself to lean right, mm-hmm. culturally speaking. But man, some of the stuff on the far right does get pretty, um, pretty crazy, pretty extreme, pretty yeah. fucking extreme, man. Yeah. yeah, it really does. I think, man, you have, I think you do have more extreme on the left as far as people. I think you have a very closed group of extremists on the right, but their extreme is very fucking extreme. Right. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at it. I mean, you don't have as much, but it's heavier. It's harder. Oh, where, yeah. where I think on the left, it's a little the bit The left, more, it's more widespread just, extreme. Yeah, yeah, it's more distributed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's still extreme. I mean, I mean, yeah. some some you know points of the far left are very extreme. The far right is definitely a little bit more of a condensed, small, that, yes. hard group of hardliners, I guess. But, brother, it is really hardline. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, a, it's almost like hard, like a hard, Fast, hot burning fuel. Yeah, burns out really fast, but goddamn, it's hot. You know, yeah. whereas on the left, it's more of a slow burn. Still hot, still burn you, but not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not nuclear. You know what right. I'm saying? But, right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's try to swing back into some kind of format here. Well, talking it, about figureheads, you know, <laughs> as far as you know, putting putting people out there, putting a face to this power. You know, you, you talk about you know the presidents. You know, oh. as far as you know mm-hmm. their um what actual power that they actually have if any or who has power over them mm-hmm. that that's the thing you know is this just a face to associate with what's going on behind behind the scenes exactly because that's a huge part of this conspiracy with the, the illuminati you know once yeah. again quote unquote illuminati is that the illuminati picks our presence you know mm-hmm. what do you think about that Rev? i'm gonna throw an even further idea out to you is what do you think about the illuminati less being a person than a system i think that's what it, yeah. i think that's what it is uh the, and once again quote unquote illuminati but i think that's i think yeah, uh, i yeah. think a lot of what passes for illuminati conspiracy is that whether people want to admit it or not there's a desire to go back to the simplicity of when there was a, you know, in quotes, the man. Right, right. You, you know, you a person could fight the man. The man, yes. You ha- you there had is a... no the man anymore. Right. The man oh, is shit. a multi-faceted, you know, maze-like system. It's, right. it's cold, yeah. it's complex of bureaucracies, of corporations. You know, if the man has his head cut off, it's a hydra. There's another one to pop mm-hmm. right up and take if, its place. If not two, if not two heads, brother. There's a, yeah, there's yeah, really no yeah. fighting the the system or the man yeah. because it's it's autonomous and it's in place. Yes. And, and this system, man, is just full of small, jagged, moving parts all the fucking time, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, in other words, there's no you. It's so hard to just even conceive what our system is. There, there you know? right. there's probably some psychological sense of comfort to people who are really into the Illuminati. That the ultimate man, whether yeah. whether he's a Rothschild or whether what he is, that he's like a Stalin or he's like a Hitler, where we can just you know if the people just all banded together, yes. got their guns, yes. and took the Constitution back, that they could get rid of the man and we'd all there's, be good. But there's one villain. Yeah, but that's yeah. not reality. Dude, that's not even close. Yeah, like I said, I, I consider our system to be like Jenga. You pull yeah. out the wrong fucking one, man, and it's all. And sometimes I wonder how uh, sturdy that Jenga stack is right now. You yeah. know, I like to think it's fairly sturdy because I do. I hate to say it, man. I'm a I'm a person of the system. I was born into the system. I I don't necessarily think the system is where it should be, but man, 
I'm okay with the system because I got food in my stomach. I got shelter on my head. Bombs aren't dropping on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I can go to the doctor. You know, I'm not going to get a scrape and die. You, right. know, you know, and yeah. there's a lot of people in this world that, that can. Right. I, that's not saying not, I don't Not think, for another couple of years till antibiotics yeah, quit working. Yeah, I know, mm-hmm. man. And that, I think that's legit. I, the yeah. first time I heard that was from you. Yeah. And I'm like, shit. I actually did a little reading up on that myself. I'm like, God damn, I think the Reverend's right on this one, too. Prepare, we'll talk about that another time. Prepare to not sleep tonight if you feel like No it. shit. Yeah, I was going to say, man, this might be ignorance is bliss. Yeah. You know, really. But, uh, yeah, man, I, like I said, I think a lot of this stuff is just it's fascinating. But, you know, going back to the system. Yeah, man. Do I think the Illuminati, quote unquote, once again, quote unquote, Illuminati is is our system? I think that's exactly what it is, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because the system is made up of powerful people. Mm-hmm. It's made up of wealthy, influential people, and that's what the Illuminati is supposed to be. But I think the Illuminati, as mainstream calls it, is more. What's the word I'm looking for, man? It's more organized. It's more consolidated. And that's where I think. I just don't think that's even feasible. How are you gonna get that many rich, powerful, influential people to? come to terms with any fucking thing. Well, you know, the Illuminati, the idea of it being this outgrowth of the Bavarian Illuminati and, you know, anti-religion, pro-secularism, I guess, the the holders of the light in the way we were talking about, that does lend itself pretty well to a lot of people's modern notion of what the deep state is. How, over the last however many years, the direction it obviously has pushed is to a liberal or leftist. Sure extent. Sure. Now, if we go back to the 1980s or to the Cold War, it really doesn't hold up or work quite as well. Right. To say that they're pushing the direction of liberalism because Not, it really doesn't look like it at all. At, at all, man. In fact, you know, we were talking earlier about like how, you know, it was so anti-communist, you know, how um you know, especially in the 80s where you still had that Reagan type yeah. conservatism going on, and we see that now. You know, with Donald Trump in, in, as president, even though that man is probably the father's from a religious person that you can get mm-hmm. you still do have you know that kind of conservatism attached to yeah. them you know yeah. and I think we are seeing a little bit of a resurgence of that let me ask you guys I know because we do get political on this show and I think we've touched base on it a little bit last episode Donald Trump is president mm-hmm. and I know this can get kind of could definitely get some emotion going you know do y'all I when it, okay alright let me get my, my let me get my words right here. Let me get my mind set here. When he got, I didn't vote for him. You know, I, I will say that much. But when he got elected, did it, you vote at all? Yes, I did. I did. I did. I did, I did vote. I, I voted. Did, I did not. I, I proudly voted for Gary Johnson. Right. Yeah, I will put that out there. I do think he was the best one on the on the ticket that mm-hmm. I had a choice to choose. Uh, I thought he was the best choice. Still do. I'll, I'll stick by my my. I actually my voted choice. for Gary Johnson in 2012. I did too. Yeah. Actually, I, I did. I, I voted for Johnson twice now. But when Trump got elected, it was my first indication that, man, this is a system. And I don't think he was supposed to be in it, man. I really don't. To this day, he just has so many people gunning for him on every side. It's almost to the point. I'm not saying, you know, that I'll vote for him. I probably won't, to be completely honest with you. I probably won't. But when you have Democrats, every Democrat, Mm -hmm. and damn near half the Republicans all going after the same person, I, I'm kind of stuck. I'm on the board. I'm on the fence. I'm like, either he's doing something that's really good. I mean, really, because you got so many established politicians, or he really is going to shit all over us, man. I, I don't know which it is. I'm very Trump polar, brother. One day I'm like, you know what? I think he's going to be okay. The next day I'm like, Jesus Christ, we're going to be dead in a week. I, I really do. I've never been like that with any other politician. 
with Barack no, Obama. None other. Barack Obama. I thought Obama's okay. You see, know. See, I've been politically know. consistent. I think the same thing about Trump as I thought about Obama and Bush. See, I, I think differently. I, I do. I thought Bush and Obama, kind of, you know, Honestly, cut from the same cloth, really. But I, I think. I don't know, man. I think Trump is a a face and a figurehead that they thought we needed. I just feel like this is Bush's fifth term. Do you? Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I tend to disagree with that. I do think he had four. I do think Bush yeah. had four terms. Oh, uh, absolutely. You know, and like I said, I was okay with Obama. I thought Obama was all right. You know, I, you know you that know. billboard of George W. Bush, and it says, uh, do you miss me yet? Yes. And someone yes. vandalized it and wrote, no, we can't even tell you've been gone. Yeah, did you leave? Yeah. You know, yeah, I kind of tend to go with that. I, I think, honestly, I think he, he's a figure, a uh, face that they, they thought this society, as it is now, needed. Now, when you say they. Because they, he is that, 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 that personality that character that over the top oh, he is a character that this society mm-hmm. you know kind of has has leaned towards and, and, and become what well, now you say they yes. when you say they yeah, i'm talking about the power higher power the illuminati mm-hmm. of course, once again quote unquote air quotes right. here yeah I, what do you think reverend about do you see, I, I disagree is this with, a general question about who they are or what, what? well i guess trump's do, do you think if if this is a a group of course, mm-hmm. the president answers to people. You think so? Even right. Trump? Of course. Because I was kind of on I the fence. I, I I'm think it had to be. I'm a little on the fence. The president, his, his, the president of the United States, is the manager of McDonald's. Right. He's not the owner. <laughs> True that. Right. True. I, I, yeah. There's definitely. But I don't, Can you honestly tell me that back in the W, W era, <laughs> <laughs> that he wasn't a manager of something? Who does this? Oh this yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. By and far. Probably one of the dumbest fucking people I've ever just publicly heard just out there. <laughs> put it out there that this is coming out of this man's mouth. These these things are coming out of this man's mouth. I think Bush was a lot smarter than people give him credit for. I think he was dumb as a fox. You know, I've, I've always heard them say that when you got Bush away from a camera that his IQ I've jumped heard that. about 30 points. Right. I actually read an article yep. that George Bush has one of the highest IQs of any press. I didn't believe it. Man, you know I did not like right. Bush. You know, I mean, we've had a lot of discussions over the years, especially when he was president. Yeah, man. I don't right. believe he was anywhere near as dumb as comedians made him out to be. No, I think he no. was just a terrible public speaker, yeah. which, but, which is what Obama's one strength really was. really was, man. They're but, almost polar opposites in that effect, yeah. yeah. But how does... How how is it that that the the American people can accept this for two terms? I, 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 man, we I, see yeah. him. He is dumb. <laughs> well, dude, he went to Iraq illegally. That was always my thing. I'm like, dude, uh-huh. if you don't vote for him for no other reason, he went to an illegal war. I mean, we we invaded that fucking country for nothing, man. Was well, that the leader that they thought that we needed at that time? Once again, because we had just. We just dumbed down. In other words, what you're asking is, did the country demand a Warhawk president at the time? I I think so. But see, I think Bush would be more of one of the... If there is an influential group, which I do believe there is an influential Mm -hmm. group of people, a conglomerate of some sorts who do pull these strings with these presidents, because they got to get their money from somewhere to run for president Mm -hmm. to begin with. Um, If that is the case, which I think it is, yes, I think Bush and Obama both would fall under. I think every president... right. I think Trump may be one of the first presidents in the modern time that did not fall under that. And I say it for, for two different reasons, man. Well, maybe more than two, but at least two right off the bat. 
one, he was independently wealthy. I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't need anybody's money. I think that gives you freedom. And second of all, everybody on both sides of the scene hates him. So man. do you believe that the root of what's going on in Washington, what's the actual story behind everything you're going to see on C-SPAN, everything you're going to see on the nightly news of whatever channel, is that there is beneath the surface a feud going on Absolutely. between the secret societies and Donald Trump. I think so. I uh, think that's what I'm trying to get I, to, Reverend. I honestly Reverend. don't think, I it, think you would so. be around. I don't think you would be around. Well, brother, they're trying to get that motherfucker gone. I mean, that's my thing. I think if they wanted him gone, they would have no problem with getting him wrong because of all the the flack and all the backlash that he does carry. That's what I think. If if they wanted him gone, he'd be gone. No problem. I think that motherfucker is so goddamn slippery, man. I I think they're trying, and he's a... Don't get me wrong, man. I'm I'm not over here putting over the president, Uh man. You know, I'm not doing that. But I think that son of a bitch is is slippery. I think they're trying, and I think that's why people. I think that's I why think it's so ramped up. There are many opportunities man. that have come up that that you could do this, and, and, and you it, could yeah. make this happen. And it's hard to argue that. Yeah. It's hard for me to argue that with Trump, because man, if there ha- ever has been a terrible speaker that's been behind that fucking podium, mm-hmm. it is Donald J. Trump. I've never in my life, mm-hmm. dude. He makes George W. Bush sound like a goddamn scholar. That to me is saying something. That's tough for me to. That's tough for me to. I, I really, but dude, Trump says so. Put it in a spoon, cause it is. <laughs> I'm not eating it with a fork. <laughs> Succession, somebody's buying it. Yeah. I don't know, man. I tell you, dude, this is. I, I, I live through that stuff. I listen to the, all that stuff, and it, I still say. Bush was terrible, I, man. I cannot believe what was Bush what was being said. Bush at that point. is going to edge anybody in our lifetime. I, I don't know, I man. Don't know. Trump I is. Think so. But dude, Trump literally called himself a stable genius on Twitter, bro. Let me tell you all that. He called himself a what? A stable genius. A very, a very stable genius. That's not the he craziest might be. thing. It's <laughs> he might. Craziest, God damn, it's he not might. the craziest thing I've heard. I've heard so much <laughs> more from Bush. That it just trumps it. But, but literally, like, yeah. like no pun intended. There, it trumps it. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think this is something we could definitely, you know, we could oh, talk yeah. about this oh, and sure. theorize about this. Um, I, I, I do kind of lean lean toward the belief that what what you were saying, Reverend. I think there could really be a shadow, quote unquote, shadow government and a Donald Trump presidency. I I think that is going on. I really do. And I think a lot of people that's in that shadow government, Illuminati, if you, if, you, if we want to use that terminology, I think they do have media in their pocket. Or vice versa. Or, or some, some well, sort of... Well, it's only of, logical you know, that they would. Exactly, man. And you know, that's something else. And I know we've discussed this too, Reverend, and my uh, agency, I know, man, you've talked about this as well. These media groups, like CNN and Fox, you know, the people out there in, in La La Land, or Facebook Land, as I like to call it, you know, they adhere to either one of these as true gospel. Mm-hmm. All right. When they're both corporations. Yes. And that's why I lean a little bit to the right, culturally speaking, because I'm like a lot of the people on the left who hate these corporations, rightfully so, to, mm-hmm. you know, and I know I'm being very broad with that, but you will fucking listen to every word that Time Warner, one of the biggest corporations in the world, tells you. Well, whatever you want to call that old right wing. Uh, secret society core, like we're calling it for lack of any kind of better term, that's made up of a lot of these war hawks that are dying right now right. that right. the media is spawning all over. Right. Uh, like John McCain. John McCain. McCain was one. H.W. Yeah. It's going to happen with Henry Kissinger. Absolutely. With all, with all these fuckers. Yes. Yeah. Whatever that group is, 
I think we can safely say, between the three of us, Donald Trump is not a part of that. That's my thing. That's where I'm with with it. Now, if that's and that could be the entire nucleus of the feud. The feud. That's what I'm thinking, man. And now, whether that's going to be a good thing or bad thing, he would maybe like to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it may be that maybe Donald Trump's pissed off that he can't get into these little uh, groups of people or some of these certain cliques, and maybe he's like, "Well, fuck you! I'll just become president my damn self." One thing I'll say about Trump: love him or hate him. When the motherfucker says he's going to do something, he damn near does it. Have you have you I seen mean, that? Have you, you seen give that meme? That, man. Have you seen that meme of the fake Trump tweet that it's a the the basis to it is saying this is why Trump is never going to be fully let in on all the secrets that there's there's a tweet of him uh, writing at like 3 a.m. saying uh, I was just invited and took part in a really wonderful, really great uh, secret ritual <laughs> where guys I personally know in Washington wearing robes yeah. informed me that they killed John F. Kennedy. I can see it. And, uh, and, then, and then the tweet goes further and you know, takes a little line break and it says, um, you know, and this was our own president. So, Kim Jong-un, what do you think we do to a loser like you? Like you. you. That, yeah. Exactly, man. And it and says, I, this is why Trump will never be let in. <laughs> Could you imagine so, if he did find out like about UFOs, for instance? Yeah. Man, dude, it'd be on Twitter in fucking five minutes, yeah, of course man. It would. I mean, you know. Oh, do you think, you know, that even explains what, in, in all seriousness, what leader takes to Twitter... And, and just puts this stuff out there. Brother. <laughs> How would this not go un... Unless un- they want unless- to give the illusion of... Unless they're throwing the public low-hanging fruit to exactly. give them the illusion that this is a people's president. Exactly. It could be, brother. Exactly. It could this be, man. could not yeah, go unanswered absolutely. in any other... Well, no other... Pre- well, I think across the board, man, no other president could get by with half the <gasps> shit that Trump has said and done, man. There's no fucking way, you know. Unanswered. Totally unanswered. Totally uncensored everything. And his hardcore supporters will will actually condone it. Yes. You know, and, uh, you know, that's kind of... I think there's a reason for it. Yeah. For that reason. It could be. I mean, I I, I do tend to lean that it's an internal battle. I think Mm -hmm. it's Donald Trump versus everybody else in Washington. I really do. But could it be a part of this... Political theater, fuck yeah, man, absolutely, mm-hmm. dude. We we all are wrestling fans, you know. We've all been around oh, yeah. wrestling backstage yeah. as well, you know. We've all we know what goes on, so it, I think that gives us. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it definitely gives us a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Definitely skeptic, skeptical. Yeah, as as skeptical. far as you know, yes. is this a work? Is is it not? You know, what's really what's, what's really going what's on? Real? story yeah what's going on well guys believe it or not we're in our second hour we have just topped out at two hours damn nice. so is there anything reverend that you would like to end too quick with, too brother? quick it, man this one flew by yeah. this one flew by damn what to end this with <laughs> or anything you do want to touch on you guys want to well you know a way to tie in both of the topics from today and keep it contemporary if we're talking about uh you know, the media notion that there's crazy uh, MAGA supporters out uh, committing crimes and talk about false flags. Do we want to talk about this one that happened this past week? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's talk about it, man. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Good way way to end it. Um, 
Who, okay, who is this actor? I'm not familiar. This with was this. a guy I'd never even heard of me before. Either, but me when I googled him, it turns out he was in the Mighty Ducks. Okay. Movie oh, really? As a child actor. Oh, okay. But he's uh, since I guess grown up, and he's on the show Empire, right? Which I've never seen an episode of. I'm I've never pretty, watched. I'm aware that it has the actor uh, Terrence Howard in it. Right. Right. And that you know it's advertised all over. Oh yeah, TV heavily on Fox. Right, I'm familiar with the show. I've never watched it. Yeah, uh, but just to kind of give an update, what happened? Um, and you know his name, man. I don't even know his name right off. It uh, like, it's kind of hard to pronounce. I think. Or is it Jesse or Jussie? Maybe what? Jussie. Maybe. That, yeah. I think I think that's right. I'm not 100. Yeah. percent Right. Uh, but he's a, a black man, and he's mm-hmm. also a gay man as well. Yeah. And uh, so he got attacked in Chicago. And he's claiming that it was by two Magnus uh, uh, supporters or two Trump supporters, Red Hats. I call them Red Hats. Um, And that they used slurs, you know, both homophobic and racial slurs, poured uh, some chemical on their same bleach, Bleach. uh, and then tied a thin rope Mm -hmm. around his neck. Uh, Basically, almost, it's a hate crime, is, Mm -hmm. is what this man is claiming. There does seem... To be some holes in the story. To put it mildly. To put it very, very mildly. Um, I don't want to speak too much on it, y'all, because I, I, I'm familiar with the story. I haven't looked very deep into it. I do have my opinion. Well, here's, my opinion. Here, here's what I'll put out on it, is that when I read the story about what happened when it first hit uh, Facebook and all the news outlets online, is that I immediately saw... A lot of holes. Right. Red flags. There was, which I don't know if maybe it's different in Chicago or not, but a big part of his story was he was going to Subway right. at 2 o'clock in the morning, right. which closes at 10 or 11 o'clock nationwide. Yeah. Um, nationwide, right. That, yeah. that night in Chicago was when the polar vortex was going yeah. on, and it was around negative uh, 40 with right. the chill. There wasn't really anybody out walking around right, right. at that time that... You know, the chemical he said was thrown on him was bleach, which freezes at negative five. Right. That there's there's just a lot about the story that really doesn't add up or make sense. And I think a few things have changed in the story, if I'm not mistaken. I think when I first read it on TMZ, they said that the attackers were wearing the red hats. Yeah. Come to find out that's been debunked. Yeah, because I was going to say, uh, I don't know who puts on a red hat with a ski mask. That, that's a little uh, odd. Yeah, uh, and something else now. Now, uh, Reverend, I was reading on your Facebook page. You said you've actually been in that area. Yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. And you, it seemed, and correct me if I'm wrong, man, but you said that it was also a, a, a lot of minorities in that area. It wasn't... Almost entirely. Almost entirely there's made not up of, any. There's not any groups of people walking around carrying lynching shit. Right, gonna right. Going to be making rounds. And, you know, they, the allegation was that they yelled at him, this is MAGA country. Yes, the quote, Chicago. What I would say to that is if that area of Chicago is MAGA country, then so is Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Right, so is, right. So is East St. Louis or Baltimore. It's as far away from yeah. MAGA country as you can get. That's right. what I'm saying. Man, if this would have happened in Gaston County, I would have been like, right off the bat, I would have been like, yeah, this probably really did happen. Yeah. You know, I, I like to look into any story just to, just to see. Um, Chicago is about as blue as you can get. It's been yeah. ruled by Democrats for decades and decades like just a shade under a century and, and what i guess trump couldn't even speak there without no, getting heckled that, that's what i'm saying so you're going to tell me that you got basically lynched is basically because you know you have a obviously you didn't get killed obviously but i mean you got a rope tied around your neck 
Now, here's the thing. I'm on Facebook, and, and I do read the comments. Mm-hmm. And, and, brother, I, I'm really torn whether I should do that or not because I like to see what people are thinking. Uh-huh. I like to see what people are saying, what they're thinking on all sides of this situation. And, man, to me, it's, it's scarier, the stuff I'm reading, because you have some people, it was like, oh, no, this would never happen. You know, Trump support would never do this. Well, there's probably some Trump supporters that would do this. But there's other people that are like, this absolutely happened. I know it happened. There's no holes in this story. And if you think so, then you're a racist. I saw a lot of that. A lot of that. I don't know that it was entirely made up or anything like that. No. With with a lot of these things, because there has been a real surgence since Trump's election of reportings of hate crimes. And they always have this consistent theme of what's called uh, a psycho wearing a MAGA hat. Right, That's right. always part of it. And what it usually comes back at is not exactly what, how it goes down. What, right, right. I, you know, one of the things that people who were 100% saying that this was a legit, legit story, without doing any research or anything, you know, obviously, it's like, well, why would the man lie? Yeah. I saw that a lot. So why would you lie about that? Why would you lie? And I'm like... Ask yourself that question, but ask it for real. Don't mm-hmm. do it rhetorically. Ask yourself legitimately, why would he lie? Don't say, why would he lie, but why would he lie? Well, because an example I could give you that I was re- I was reading a page back earlier this week that I'd followed a link that was talking about some of the the fake uh, hate crime that had, like I said, come up over the last several years since Trump's election. Right. And it's almost like a form of scapegoating for something else right that there was a story from 2017 where there were these three uh muslim girls and i believe it was either new york or toronto where they were riding a subway right and they said that uh you know a guy wearing a maga hat came at them and started uh physically attacking them Mm -hmm. uh tore off their hijab head coverings and so on well the entire community rallied around them. All right. the community organizers did. Uh, celebrities sent out positive tweets. But then what happened as the week started progressing was they said, you know, the police go, we've got surveillance footage of you. This didn't happen. Right, right. And they end up confessing. They said, we snuck out to party. Yes. And yep. we thought, you know, our parents would be less mad if something like that happened and yeah. so now this is what's been raised with this guy uh what's uh jesse smollett, smollett is his yeah. name that people have alleged you know this guy was out doing something he wasn't supposed to be right. doing like whether it was whether he's had a drug problem in the past and he was trying to stay clean and he went out to buy drugs right whether it was he was cheating on his uh, uh partner right. i guess right and you know got his ass whooped by a hookup or something right. and or a drug deal gone well, bad. Yeah. Well, well here's yeah. the deal. You know, they they've gone over twenty different cameras. Uh, yeah. And for, reviewed for hundreds of hours of footage, hundreds, supposedly, yeah. uh, of his trip. You know, his journey through you know wherever he was supposed to be from point A to point B. Right. Um, and I'm looking at it here about this. It just came up uh, yesterday about uh, his refusal to hand over the uh, cell right. phone. Mm-hmm. for the information you know as far as he was talking yeah. to his manager at the yeah, time right and his manager claims that he heard this going on in the background right saying that this is trump country and it, i was yeah. reading earlier uh late last night i believe where the chicago police 
instead of waiting for him to turn it over willingly, they're wanting to subpoena his, his phone, phone records. Uh, yeah. And he's trying to fight that, too. Yeah, I, I heard that as well. That's, and there was also... That doesn't speak very no, well. it does not. And I believe he was also back in his apartment or his manager's apartment for like 40 minutes before the cops were called. He still had the rope around his neck, the quote-unquote thin piece of rope. Right. Sounds like a shoestring to well, me. Well, here, here's, what, know, I, here's what I would tie like. this entire story up with, is that I don't say that this definitively didn't happen because right. I don't know. Sure, I wasn't sure. there. I didn't right. see it. But the two things it has going against it is the first one, like we talked about, there are a lot of real common sense holes in the right. story, you know, about there's nobody that's going to be walking around <laughs> in negative 40 degree weather in that neighborhood, uh, walking around with nooses that's and bleach saying, in man. order just to seek out this guy from, from Empire, a who I'd never even heard of. And, and think about this, Reverend. We don't know, and we're not these crazy MAGA people that they're trying to stereotype, you mm -hmm. know, as being these kind of people. We don't even watch that show. How the hell do those people won't even know who this guy is? Yeah. Th that's something else I think about. I mean, if they're that homophobic, if they're that racist, are they really watching Empire? Empire, bingo. Uh, I mean, come on, man. The, the, on. the second point I was going to make is that it also defies everything we know about criminal psychology and profiling. Right. And I'll explain very briefly about that. <clears throat> a lot of these crimes that have come up to be uh, hoaxes or false flags, I guess, for uh, hate crimes, is that they also break this cardinal rule uh, with regard to criminal profiling and, why, and the reason why law enforcement starts looking at them skeptical after a day or two when they can't find footage or anything is because these type of crimes that they talk about are traditionally committed by Nazis. Right. And the way I, the easiest way I can explain that is that Nazism is an ideology that is cultivated in solitude. Right. Or very small groups. Very, very and controlled. And the right, crimes right. reflect that. Right. You will right. see Nazis or skinheads who will jump people in alleys, right. but run when the numbers get stacked. Amen. That is, that is uh, a flow through that. Um, Just something you see common. It, it is constant. Right. It right. is so super common in criminal profiling. Right. Now, stuff associated with the MAGA movement, however, is very different because. It's, at its core, an ideology rooted in conformity, right. not solitude. Right, not, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. Right. Whereas Nazism is lone wolf extremism, yes. in a way. What you see associated with the MAGA movement is heckling people at rallies. Yeah, the, yeah. you know, dozens of kids at an all-white school uh, heckling the one minority yeah, student. Yeah, sure, right, right. Or, right. Uh, the you know, the, the Charlottesville thing uh, where... It was tons and tons of people all converging in a city. Right. Stuff associated with Donald Trump and the MAGA movement is rooted in group identity. Right. Large group identity right. and conformity. And crimes associated with movements like that reflect that. So right. I can't say for sure when people come out and say, I was attacked in a dark alley by a guy in a MAGA hat, right. that it definitely didn't happen. Sure. But right. what I would say is that it defies almost everything we know about criminal profiling. And in this particular case, pretty much defies all logic. Yes, common it does. Sense. It really does. Well, guys, we are at that point. Yes. We probably need to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Once again, Reverend, thank you. 
thank you for doing this. Too man, short, pleasure's man, all short. mine. Yeah, this was great. Uh, next month we'll be back. We're on schedule. You know, we had a little, uh, wasn't really sure how our schedule was going to be, but man, fortunately we were able to get this thing out. So um, if not before, then by next month we'll definitely be back with Volume 3. Reverend, thank you. Thank Absolutely, you. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And for Thunderpunt, Thunderpunt number two and Agency, that'll do it for this time. Join us again. And we'll see you later. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. The broadcasters of your area, in voluntary cooperation with the FCC and other authorities, have developed this system to keep you informed in the event of an emergency. If this had been an actual emergency, you would have been instructed where to tune in your area for news and official information. This concludes this test of the emergency broadcast system.